welcome to Mechtrospective, the Mecha podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Massinger Z. I'm Tooch. I'm I'm Devin. We're coming Gundam. in. We're coming in twice. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I have a dog. It's a lot. It's a responsibility. Uh, this living thing looks at me and is like, well, "I I'm hungry," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit! You don't have any thumbs. I gotta I gotta do something." The amount of times I stare at my cat and say, "Bruh, just open the fucking fridge." <laughs> Oh man, I, 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 I've rewatched this chunk of episodes twice now, mm-hmm. uh, just for 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 clarity's sake, for some some behind the scenes information. Scheduling time to record these is difficult, especially when I've been working nothing but night shifts six nights a week. Yeah, that sucks. I'm finally not doing that anymore, so this is hopefully gonna we're not hopefully we can keep this bi weekly schedule we've somehow been managing to uh, uphold for the last couple weeks. <laughs> but uh hey well, at least we're trying yeah no we're definitely doing we're definitely doing our best we're... um thank you to everybody who still listens to us uh our, our I mean, numbers I guess, keep... hey i guess our numbers i keep guess going if y'all up. waited four years you can wait a week yeah uh coming in hot with zeta gundam part three what did you what did you think of this chunk of episodes just off the bat uh, yeah literally just finished watching them like 20 minutes ago uh it's I I I like I I loved this batch a whole lot. Um I say this batch it's really it really felt like two like two mini batches. Um I I because I've been I've been, you know, I've been segmenting episodes into like arcs mm-hmm. where like as I said epi- like um part 1 we did the Camille Jaburo and half of the Amaro arc. Mm-hmm. Part 2 we finished out the Amaro arc. We got through the four arc, the Apollo arc, which was all about the battle of Von Braun. For me, I've I've segmented these were a lot shorter, so this is f- I these are uh four specific arcs. We yeah. start out with the Yazan arc, which is just all about Yazan being a bad dude. And then we have the he, he sure is. Then we have the escalation arc, which is all just about the Titans trying to commit various atrocious war crimes and the 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 conflict escalating. We have the Axis arc, which is only two episodes, and then we have the Dakar arc. The Dakark. The Dakark. Uh, the Dakar arc is lit, and that's where we end off with this. But uh, we um, we got to talk about something we teased in the last episode very briefly, uh-huh. which is that new opening. Yes, I remember. Like early in our friendship and discussions of Gundam, like when I first started watching Zeta, I was like, "Yo, open the the first opening whips. It's it's fucking great." Um, and then you were like, oh, the second opening's good, too. And I just kind of, like, wa- watched the second opening detached of any context. And I was like, I guess it's cool. I, st- I like the first one better still. Um, and now that I'm, like, here, like, 30 episodes in, 20-something episodes in when it when it comes through, I'm like, oh, fuck, no, wait. Like, I'm vibing with this so much better now. Um, which I think is, it's a testament to, like, a good anime opening that, like, it, it, vibes with the show itself because like it's pretty easy to just like have a good opening that just works as like a j-pop song um that's a lot of anime out there uh completely like only vaguely reminiscent to the vibe of the show itself second opening Um, is totally vibing with the feel of zeta right now yeah my my favorite bit is when it goes like and then like 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 the four flies in yeah like like that i think that is the turning point of like if not even gundam but specifically zeta gundam if 
if you still if if you get all the way to the second opening of Zeta and your take on that part of the Zeta Gundam opening is like, man, that shit's corny. Like you can't hang. Just stop now because that's just what this show is. It took me an embarrassing amount of time, and I mean like multiple rewatches of Zeta to realize the place right where she kisses is is like on Camille's cheek as he comes up in the next Aww. shot. It took me forever to realize that. Oh. And it's like, even though her colors are flipped for some reason, like she has purple hair and was wearing green as opposed to green hair and wearing purple, but whatever. Hey, listen, is different teams animate different things. Amaro's, <laughs> Amaro's pilot suit in the opening of 0079 is blue and it's white for the entirety of the show. But like yeah. that, that opening, it just whips. Like I love, I love how Shiraco is now in the opening, how it like zooms in on his eyes. Quattro takes off his sunglasses and kind of looks down. Yeah, everything's really dramatic, and just, everything's really dramatic, and, like, there's more, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things where it's, like, the, 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 the opening was given, like, particular, like, allocated, like, time and care into animating it, um, not, not as egregious as something like, let's say the, the, the Western Ruby Spears Mega Man cartoon. <laughs> yeah, not, not that level of disparity in terms of quality. God. Fuck. That 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 opening deserved a better show. God damn it, sure did. <laughs> I feel that way about some anime. I think like so. I think like uh, Genesis of Aquarion has a fucking amazing opening, but I can't stand that show. <laughs> when we when we start doing bad shows, because that's what people want to hear is uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll do Aquarion because that show's at least like interesting bad. Like unlike yeah. Gundam Seed, where I just want to slam my head against the wall until I stop thinking, mm-hmm. like. Genesis of Aquarion is I'm kind of just like what the fuck and it's like it's I I, I it's it's like trying to be Ava but, but like with no actual substance but also get a robo I was, I was thinking I need to find just like um the, on, something that isn't shit is this show it's this is this is phenomenal did you notice the ending change now that Fa is all vaporwave colors yeah, no, they everything got, it got a little bit of an upgrade. Uh, I think her run cycle is just like smoother. Also, like they took a second pass at it and really touched it up. And they fixed her face when she went and goes, "Please." <laughs> yeah, slightly less, slightly less dead eyed. <laughs> and uh, so that's the ending until the end of the show. But uh, this, let's 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 go into mechs because we only got five new ones for this batch. There's gonna be a lot more for the last episode, last cut, last chunk. I will say this though, they are. Very good. I I love a lot of the the mechs that were introduced in these episodes. I'm a big fan of them. First up, we have the RX-178 plus FXA-05D Super Gundam. Yeah, add-ons. And this one is like not like I don't hate this. I'm I'm so glad I don't hate it because it's nice. Yeah, it's a uh, Kotz is finally has a job uh, dedicated unit, the G Defensor, which can dock with the uh, Super Gundam. Well, with Kotz the, with gets the Mark to II. give the Gundam a hug. Kotz gets to give it a hug and a big-ass gun for Emma. And I like that Camille uh, never specifically gets... Camille never gets this upgrade. This is Emma's upgrade. Yeah, hell yeah! Emma deserves it! Emma's putting in the fucking work. She's a Gundam pilot. That's... That is one... I have many... I have many just, like, stances that I take from, from this batch of episodes. And my first one, first and foremost, Emma counts as a Gundam pilot? Yeah, of course uh, she does. Put her in the lineups. Sunrise, cowardly sunrise. Yeah, Emma, Emma rules. In, in double Zeta, Emma pilots the Mark II longer than Camille does. Yeah, she does. 
Camille has his flashy new Zeta Gundam, and and Emma's perfectly fine with the with the Mark II. It's great. Emma's perfectly fine with like the really fucking nice like Honda Civic. Like, gets where she needs to go. It's reliable. She knows how to drive it. And she she piloted one even before she officially got one because she piloted one of the Titans ones. She helped steal one when she defected. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! So she actually she had is, proper training she's with one. Instrumental to the Mark II's entire life. I think I think she might be better with the Mark II than Camille was because she technically was trained to pilot it specifically. Fuck yeah! I love this conversation we're having right now. <laughs> uh, so for um, so I, I part of me wished part of me wished that like cats didn't uh, eject in a in a core fighter when he when they link up and so cats is just on her back the whole fight. In uh in Super Robot Wars, that's the way they keep it. Ah, that's fun. Like uh, I usually ha- um. I, I guess we're going to be going... This is retrospective. if you don't know already, full spoilers for everything in these episodes. If you haven't done the homework, maybe if you didn't do the work, don't show up to class. <laughs> Damn. But uh, Harsh, in, in a lot of Super Robot Wars games, you can you can save four and get her to join the AU, because usually I put four <gasps> in the G-Defensor. Yeah! And then, or uh, if you get a Zeta, like a Zeta-adjacent, like, expanded universe mobile suit like a zeta plus or the zeta 2 i usually put four in that because i don't like i like camille staying in the regular zeta mm-hmm. that's fun honestly that's cute what a power couple so when then you uh yeah we're gonna get into into that oh man i can't wait uh next up we have the uh hombrab the hombrabi yeah i wonder if it's supposed to be hammurabi because it's a uh, hamburabi, I think is how they'd say it. B- hamburabi. Oh, hamburger. Ah, <laughs> you are a motherfucker. Says Yasan Gable. <laughs> Yasan Gable will call you a motherfucker. I love this thing. I love this thing. It's like a weird manta ray thing. Yeah, I, it, I, it's it's mobile armor mode is totally just a manta ray. It's sick. Oh, God. This is so honestly like it's very it's. It still is Gundam, but it's just like I didn't know that I didn't know that the Universal Century was capable of having this much fun. Uh, I, I love it a lot. That the tit- I want I want a model kit of this. You, I you should get three of them, like an old ass high grade. There, I think there's some there's some good high grades of the Hombrabi. I would get three of them so you can have him and his two wingmen. Fuck with yeah. with uh, get Ramses and Dunkel. Because <laughs> I remember the names of his fucking wingmen. Because that's because I'm of course hi I'm Devin. Welcome to Retrospective. I know the names of Yasan's wingmen. God, I love it. I love the legs, like the little holes in the legs and the fucking. The, the, it's just such a striking silhouette. <laughs> they look like the he looks. It looks like the fucking big fire henchman. He does. You, it, I, I and love the two, the, the two eyeballs. Yeah, it has like it has two Zaku eyes. It's cool. There, uh, I like the spider net thing they have. Yeah, that'd be a cool do- diorama of like that of the three of them with it, like approaching the Zeta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the just the Zeta trapped in the net. Oh, that's sick. I we'll we'll get into Yazan when we go characters. So we're gonna spend way more time at that. But Max, do you have anything else to say about the Hombrabi? Because I love this thing, and uh, Yazan's uh, in it for the rest of the show. It's it's blue, so that was a big factor. Well, we have another blue boy, the Barzam. Yeah, these guys too. I love these. These only they showed up for almost. A, they only showed up for a minute, but these are weird. These are some of the weirder ones. They're almost like Dunbine esque. Honestly, yeah, they got like done buying proportions. Yeah, or like that one mech, that one mech in Votoms that was like gussied up, like that purple and gold one. Yeah, I forgot what those were called, but the the ones like the that the Quentians used. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Chaco had one, then uh, Fiona had one in the Quent arc. Yeah, those it does it, it, it does honestly does look decked up. I can see them making like 
Like, cause there's, they have the, the, uh, a differently rendered version of it from the Advance of Zeta novels right here. Whoa, very different. I, I like it. Fucking. I, I, I would make a, I would make like an X number of years HRT joke, but I don't know in what direction. (laughs) (laughs) I just know that there has been a change. Uh, and then we have the DJ. Amuro's new mobile suit. Which looks kind of like a weird hybrid of like a Hyakushiki and a, and a Rick Dios, but kind of made for like atmospheric combat. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. I like it. In uh, in the Moon Gundam manga, Amuro pilots a Rick DJ. <laughs> Sick. Which is, I think, just a DJ made for space combat. Because I guess that's what the Rick means in a mobile suit. Because there was the Doms and there was the Rick Doms, which were the uh, for space, and then there's the Rick Dios, and now there's the Rick DJ. Space. We just think it's named Rick. <laughs> uh, they made they had another version come up show up in Gundam Unicorn because apparently Luia, uh, not Unicorn Narrative. That's technically uh, Gundam Unicorn Narrative is kind of like Gundam Unicorn Gaiden. Ah, uh, that's fair. I, I, I like I, I I was gonna I was gonna say like I am I am particular I am particularly excited for Unicorn in in this in in this uh just ongoing. Uh, trek that we're making through the universal century unicorn like, is written by comes up the only per- the only bigger gundam nerd than than me is the guy who wrote unicorn gundam <laughs> gundam unicorn mm. <laughs> because he's also read all the all the expanded universe shit that i can't read because i can't read japanese yet ah he's your rival <laughs> he also made he also wrote moon gundam so which i have yet to i'm waiting for it to be done before i read more of it but i want to i will def we, we will dig into moon gundam when we have the opportunity when we start, Sounds when we start digging great. into, uh, uh, as a lesbian, I love them. <laughs> and uh, last but definitely not least, we have the Bjar- the Bjarlint. Yes, this wide motherfucker <laughs> just powers dance, just all shoulder looks per- Rob Liefeld ass proportions, right down to the pointy ass feet, and the and the fu- little tiny fingers. <laughs> yeah, I love this thing. It, it honestly, if when it comes to mo- like, even though Jared doesn't have this for a long time, I like. Mm-hmm. This is the mobile suit I actually like identify with Jared the most. It's it's very him. It exudes Jared energy. This would be if, if this if if this was the size of a person, it would be Jared's stand. Yes. And and it would be God, what what shitty would it be like some shitty new metal song that Jared for Jared? Like what would it be called or some band like Oh my god, I can't I, I Breaking what Benjamin music Jared like Breaking Benjamin is his stand. <laughs> Three days grace. I don't know. Shit. Jared. Jared listens to like. Jared listens to top forty, but also says, "Oh no, man! I don't, like liking music a lot's really gay." Like yeah, that. Right. That's something Jared would say. I, I guess we can segue into talking about Jared because uh, Jared has a lot to do in this chunk. I thought he fucking like like getting ahead of myself as I'm often one to do like. Fucking, I, th- I thought he bit it. I thought he fucking... I he was supposed he to. He was supposed to, but Tomino changed his mind at the last second. Apparently that's where Jared <laughs> was supposed to die. Oh, man. Honestly, it would have been great. But anyway, uh, we'll get to that. He, he spends most he spends most of this as well. He loses... He, he, he spends the next batch of episodes... Um, God, so much, so much happened. You're you're much better at like remembering the sequence <laughs> of events. So at, at, we don't see because Jer- the first like the Yazan episodes are more focused on Yazan, but I guess Jared mm-hmm. comes back to the Alexandria because him, Mar, Sarah, 
and Yazan are all part of, like, the same squadron. And Jared and Yazan fucking hate each other. Yes. Because, like, Jared, like, Yazan is, like, a berserker. Like, once again, like, whereas I said is a man out of time, where Shirako, like, belongs in, like, a Roman Senate poisoning people, and then, like, laughing at them as they die on the se- seats of the Senate, on the steps of the Senate, Yazan needs, like, a fucking bear pelt and, like, a battle axe. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> he's, he's a lot. I, is, I, I couldn't really, um... Is is he a new? Is he a new type? I, it's a bit vague with Yazan. I think it was more like Yazan was being used in that. And I know exactly what scene you're talking about. I think Yazan was being used as like a beacon between Shirako and Rekoa. I see. Um, That's at least how I interpreted yeah, no, I, it. I, it's I vague. knew. I knew whatever was happening that Yazan had no fucking clue what was going on. It was just like I, I just didn't understand his his own sensitivity to any of it. But we'll, um, we'll put a pin in Yazan for half a second, because I, I, I legit laughed out loud, and I wanted to make a meme, but I didn't want to spoil it for you, when uh-huh. Mar is talking to Jared, and she's like, Jared, I'll always be by your side, and when I'm with you, I'll never die. <laughs> and then, like, always sunny music, Camille kills Jared's fucking girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like how Jared and Camille are keep ping-ponging uh, back and forth, but instead of, like, a ball and paddles they're murdering each other's loved ones <laughs> it, I, I find that darkly comedic but like it's that that is a tragedy of it and i was actually realizing how tragic of a character jared really is after mar's death because i always saw jared as kind of like jared's an asshole and a person i personally would hate but jared still seemed like he's just bought into the system he's a good soldier and a good military man but after Mars' death, and we see him like, you know, when 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 we briefly go back to Earth at the end of these episodes, mm-hmm. Jared just doesn't mm-hmm. care about anything anymore. Jared is just now fully evil. Yeah, no, he. There's like nothing he's, redeemable about Jared anymore. He's doubled down. You know, he's he, he he's given up. He's given up. Like for the most part, he's given up. Like buying into the to the to the system. Like it's it's less that he like it's less that he knows. It's just more that's like that. None of that matters to me. Like what's important to me is like my own power, my own survival, my own vengeance, my own spite. Like like that is now greater to me. Like 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 he 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 very much still is a product of 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 the system. He'll still like he's still he's, he's not some like anti-hero or some shit or some rogue element but like which he probably could have been given different circumstances but that's not the path that he decided to take yeah but i i I just think about i just think about his response to like the like 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 the like this like the like the speech at the end and him just like um he, he he just like offhandedly makes comments like to himself as he's listening to that speech of just like oh but that's this that and the other it's like he's trying to de- he's listening to his speech and like debating like try like debate me bro like fucking titans are all about power with with enough power nothing <clears throat> fucking matters yeah that's the other thing like that 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 is his that is his ethos and that is that is the ethos of essentially all like all conservative oppressive political stances is at the end of the day if a human being believes that like believes that like the rule like the law of rule is like you just have to be the most powerful like you're always wrong you're always wrong and you're always evil 
I find it kind of funny in a in a in a dark way. I find not it kind of sad. Not like even not even like funny, but just like it, I guess that I, it just proves how good of a writer Tomino is. But it's like Jared insulting Camille and then murdering his mother radicalized Camille, and then Camille killing all of Jared's loved ones radicalized Jared. Fucking shucks. Yeah. Like, that's... Weird. That's... Um, yeah, I'm only kind of putting that together right now. Damn. See, this is a show that gets better every time you watch it. Um, it's a gift that keeps on giving um, to everybody but the characters in it. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, no, Jared gets fucked up he's he spends like he spends the second half of this batch with like a freaking crutch like he's he's fucked up but he's still he's he's just like he's just like mad and like just so focused and aggressive like, like jared kind of died in episode 30 like the jared we knew isn't there anymore we did have like a hu- an angry miserable husk of a human being yeah for sure like all of jared's redeeming qualities that he had like his sense of honor his sense of like the things that, like, not saying Jared was a good person, but not everybody is, you know, flatly evil. Right. And But ne- all of those good parts of Jared are just gone now. Ugh. Not even good, just, like, you know, redeeming qualities. No, yeah, no, I get you. It's it's like, you know, the, 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 the stuff that, the stuff that, like, the stuff that people will, will always point to in, 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 in an opposition of just like, oh, but, you know, they're not all bad. It's like, yeah, because no one's all bad. Like, fucking... Um... You know, not 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 to go to the same well that everyone always goes to, but it's such an easy example. Like, there's fucking like there's fucking like family like family like family footage of like of like Hitler on vacation and everyone's happy and nice. It's like fucking people are people are people, but also people are capable of great evil. <laughs> like, yeah. So are you. So am I. Like, you gotta pay attention to that shit so you don't end up accidentally committing any. You say before you know it, you're on the fucking Titans. Right? Like, that's, that's where we're here. Like, like, and, and honestly, Z- like, fucking, like, Z- Zeta Gundam is speaking to me more, like, I'm honestly, I guess I'm, I guess in a way I'm glad I waited this long to watch it. It is certainly, it continues to speak to me way more in 2020 than it ever would have, like, even, like, five years ago. This is, this is the time to watch Zeta Gundam. This is the time to get into, to Gundam. This is the time to get into Gundam specifically so you can watch Zeta. It's like, Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I gotta go through Zeta to get to Charge Counterattack, because Charge Counterattack is the one everybody wants to see, and Unicorn. But, like, dude, Zeta's, like, one of the best shows ever made. Yeah. Also, plenty of people watch Charge Counterattack without watching Zeta. Like, I don't want to, but, like, I'm sure you'll be fine if that's what you really want to do. Fuck it. You just won't get the... Like, the thing is, like, I feel... Well, I don't know. We'll get into that in our Charge Counterattack. We'll we'll, we'll probably get into that when we start talking about Char a bit more, because I don't know if you want to talk about main characters right now or just new characters. Um, yeah, let's go, let's, 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 it, I kind of leave the structure up to you. Okay, I am, let's just I am keep all, going. Like, I, unless I have a script flow. in front of me, like, you can't trust me with any fucking thing. So, let, let's, let's move on to Yazan, because Yazan, even though he debuted in episode 24, where he was the one who chased Fa into Von Braun, which caused everyone to have to evacuate and stuff, because of, like, the damage yeah. to the city, he made a brief appearance there, and I pointed him out, but he, he didn't really do anything yet, but Yazan, we finally meet him. I like his uh, turtle tattoo on his chest. I I like how he has a yellow uniform, and then as soon as he goes onto Shirako's ship, he just fucking ripped the sleeves off, shirt open. Du- yeah, he- it really feels like it, it. Like it feels like being on Shirako's ship is just like a different experience. Like it just feels like like 
he's just doing his own fucking thing with his voice. The the Jupiteress and the and the Dogas gear are just playing by different rules. And the Jupiter, I, like, can I fucking dog the Jupiteress fucking whips? Yeah, dude, you're gonna you're gonna everything about you're gonna love everything about the next the next couple episodes. I love everything about Jupiter. I want to know so much about Jupiter. I am so invested in Jupiter, just I, in generally. Yazan just like. To me, Yazan reminds me of, like, a fucking, like, chaos warrior from Warhammer. Yeah, no, he is, he's, he, he is a force of, he's a force of nature. He is, he is truly just, like, a war dog. Like, fucking, I don't even know how to describe him, because it's, it's, it's so, it's so rare to get these types of characters in Gundam and have them, like, live longer than one episode. Like, they tend to just pilot a mobile armor and die. Imagine if, like, that one boss that's constantly screaming at you in Zone of the Enders that's, like, way too mad was, like, alive for the majority of the game. God. Uh... Oh, man. That's my favorite uh... boss in Zone of the Enders because his voice actor is so mad that he's peeking the mic. <laughs> it's great. I mean, shit, at least he's emoting enough to peek it. Yeah! You can say about a lot of Zoda the Enders. <laughs> I, I like Yazan, even though he's like... like uh, Great shithead, great villain. Great, horrible shithead, great villain. Uh, they're garbage boy stink man, as that one... There's that one video that has Gundam clips matched up to uh, McElroy, like, Monster Factory, you know, quotes. <laughs> and they, when they... This, they're garbage boy stink man, it's just Yazan. Um... I, I I really appreciate a good, just a good smug fucking jackass who, like, just, who just acts like either he's better than everybody or that he doesn't have time for anybody else's shit, and then when he has to put his money where his mouth is, he more often than not absolutely proves it. Like, nobody can tell him shit because he's actually that good. Like, there's that one part where he's just fucking around on the Alexandria and just pissing people off, and Jared's like, I'm gonna go fight it. He would've kicked Jared's ass. Mm-hmm. Like, Jared would have been like, alright, I'm gonna, like, punch him out, and that's gonna be it. Like, Yaza would have, like, jumped on him and tore off, like, part of his cheek with his teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, um, like, ripped a part and, of Jared's face off with his teeth. Yeah, uh, and, and my, my, my personal favorite, like, the, the thing that made me go from just, like, okay, like, this dude's, this dude's a little extra, I guess I'm entertained by him, to being like, yo, Yazan's my fucking boy, is when he <laughs> kills Jamaican out of spite. Yeah, that's, we'll get to that, that's one of the, that's the most buff clan shit ever. It was so good. <laughs> that's, that's what I call a buff clan letter of resignation. <laughs> He gave him the old Buff Clan goodbye. <laughs> the Buff Clan two weeks notice. Oh, uh, the Buff Clan retirement plan. Ah, uh, it's great. That's one of my favorite moments in the whole show. In the compilation movies, they change it just so that Emma kills him. Oh, bad. But I'm like, that was the that's the best shit ever. Yazan's great. Oh my god, I can't wait for you to absolutely be disgusted with Yazan. Oh man, I can't wait. Either. So, uh, in a slightly less disgusting. Uh, direction. Let's uh, let's talk about a character who we talked about a little bit last time, but now she's a main character. Let's talk about Sarah. Hmm. Sarah's full Defin- on here now. Definitely only a little less disgusted with Sarah. Uh. I- I'm less disgusted with Sarah. With I'm less disgusted with Sarah and more disgusted with just like how easily Shiraka was grooming her. She yes yes yes. 
Because it's like, in any other context, if she, if she just was, if her first, if she never met Shirako, her only appearance was getting terrified of war with Jared after her androgynous friend is murdered, she totally would have just joined the Ayug. Yeah, because she definitely, because that's the thing, right? She, she definitely wanted to. Like, I, I, I feel strong enough about it to confidently be like, yeah, she, she wants to, but she's too, she, she's like she's she's too like at this point like um emotionally manipulated by 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 Shiraka. like she is it's like yeah no talking about it sucks i just like i i watched it i watched it and i understood what was happening but talking about it right now like fucking sucks Shiraka fucking sucks yeah when Shira- you were introducing sarah and you opened before her name with like okay now for someone less disgusting i thought to myself okay well like he's not about to say Shirako, so who who could it be uh because obviously Shirako's the grossest fucking thing oh Shirako is like griffith levels of gross of gross man yeah um and sarah, I, that's why i like Shirako because he's I, disgusting he's he's a horrible he's a great villain for zeta gundam yeah and and sarah a great foil is... for camille I'm sorry. A great foil for Camille. He's the polar opposite of Camille. Yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely, and and Camille's. I, I I do appreciate that this is one of the this the, the through this character and then later stuff with like four and like his 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 moments of contextual pacifism. Like I I do appreciate that like because we've definitely seen Camille go through an arc. Um, of 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 just like you know le- learning how to fucking fight in a war, <laughs> like learning how to like learning how to politically and emotionally maneuver himself and his own feelings in wartime. Like Camille, um, no, Camille's very different than he was in episode one. He's, we're, we're he's cool. very different, but he is still Camille. Yeah, uh, and 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 we see that through his treatment of through his treatment of Sarah. Like he he will do what needs to be done, but he will always still, at the very least, try to extend that olive branch. Because uh, I I think Camille like as 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 hot headed and like emotional and like sometimes petty and and like angry that Camille can be. Like, I don't think Camille's like a generally angry person. I think he has a short temper, but he's not like always angry. I think. I think Camille is a deeply empathetic person who genuinely is like wants everything to be better. <laughs> I, and I think that's the only reason he's still with the Ayug. Like he at points he's even like kind of criticized like other people for like why do we have to keep perpetuating this war? Why do I have to keep killing people? But he knows that this is this is all a means to an end. I, I think that's the whole thing about Camille is that Camille genuinely tries to see the good in everybody around him, with probably the exception of Jared because Jared murdered his mother. Mm-hmm. And it's but and I think like there's a line that you'll cross where Camille will just say that you you know, you you just are evil, but I I think gone is the days of Camille just screaming and saying it's your fault for being here and fighting me and I hate all adults every Ayug is just as bad as the Titans for all the death and destruction they cause like Camille is not I wouldn't even say radicalized I mean he is radicalized but Camille is like legitimately has formed his own opinion. Camille has his own views. And he's, you know, critical of the Ayug, but still loyal to them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of appreciate that, where I, that's always something I've noticed about Amuro, is how Amuro really isn't too critical about the Federation until, like, the way end of 0079. 
Like Camille, like Amaro's really bought into Zeon bad Federation. Okay. Until he's really, they get to Jaburo, and that's when he starts being like, oh, wow, the military really sucks. Like, our friend Ryu died, and all they gave him was, like, a promotion? <laughs> and Amuro just gets smacked in the face for calling bullshit on that. Whereas Camille right now, very much now understands, like, how, how bullshit the situation really is. But I think he's genuinely saddened by the fact that he couldn't he couldn't turn Sarah to the Ayug. Yeah, nah, it's it's it sucks, and you ha- and you hate to see it. She um, she's been thoroughly Shirako pilled. Oof. And it's like I pointed as I pointed out in the last episode. Every time, every time Shirako pulls her aside, he's touching her face. Yeah, nah, no, no, no. It's 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 scummy. He he's a he's just a master manipulator, Shirako. As we see later with on with with Rekoa. I, I, I like Sarah a lot, though. She, as a character, the ep- half-moon love, that one where, where she does play in a bomb in Von Brown. But she has, like, a weird kind of, like, day of, oh, wow, this is what it's like to be a normal person for half a minute. Yeah, no. Oh, God, her, I fucking love her outfit so much. It's so fire. It, she has a huge beret, like a, like a black sports bra, three pearl necklaces, a beige trench coat, baggy blue pants that are cut off at the right above the ankle, and like golden pumps, and a I, huge belt buckle. I need to steal that look. I, that's, I'm just going to cosplay her. That's That would be a really deep cut cosplay. Yeah, right? That would be a good cosplay group. Just get all the wild outfits of, like, Zeta Gundam girls. Get, like, Haman, get four. Yeah! Yeah! God, please. I I guess that's a good segue. Do you want to talk about Haman and Axis? Even though they only make make their presence known in these episodes, Haman becomes a major player in the final leg of the series. I can't wait. She's here? I she's here. I I saw her. She's real, and I'm simping. I'm simping. I'm she's here. Simping. I'm queer. I'm simping. Oh. I have a fold. I have a folder on my desktop now. I just have every every time she's on screen, and it's a good. It's just like a good screen cap of Haman. I take it and I put it in my <laughs> Haman folder. Haman is one and of my I- favorite Gundam characters. Haman fucking rules. Oh, Haman is the entire reason you should watch Double Zeta because it's just. My only, my biggest complaint about Double Zeta is that Haman is not in it enough. <laughs> there needs to be at least twenty percent more Haman Karn in in Double Zeta. Oh my god! I she is like simultaneously like the mo- she is like simultaneously confident, cold, but like haughty in a way that isn't haughty. I can't even describe it. Haman just is the best. <laughs> She, she's just, like, she's, she's that fucking, like, Professor Moriarty level of just, like, I have full control of this room, and I am never, I am never bothered. The, the, I love how immediately, like, Char is always, like, uh, up until that point, Char is always, like, I'm, I'm here, I'm Char Asnable, I am Quattro Bajina, I am in control. And then, mm-hmm. like, as soon as Haman shows up, he is, like, he throws down, like, it's a fucking reality TV show. I can't stand that bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's how you, that's how you know Char's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's not like it's not, it's not just like normal it's it's not normal masculine misogyny it's that specific queer like ooh I just I can't stand that bitch 
Like this is my favorite. This is my favorite one. <laughs> oh yeah, she, for those at home, she's peeking over the shoulders of two Zeon guards, and you can only see her eyes. And she says, "Pathetic." She's just a fucking cat. She's a fucking cat. <laughs> Hamon's the kind of cat that would walk up to your table and knock over your water glass and just stare at you. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I, okay, like, like, okay, enough about me, okay, enough about me and my problematic fave, okay, now that I've gotten that out of my system, let me be perfectly clear, Haman Karn is a bad person and possibly emotionally abusing a child. Uh, oh, yes, Haman is, Haman is both of those things. <laughs> oh, my God, that, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to Gundam, no one is, no one, um, barely anybody isn't compromised. <laughs> Haman is a deeply compelling character, and I, 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 they don't go too deep into her backstory unless you're reading the Char's deleted affair manga, mm-hmm. which, which I have very mixed feelings about. But I have my own interpretation of Haman, uh-huh. and uh, that we'll talk about probably even more in Double Zeta about what Haman's like actual deal is, at least how I interpret it. Sure, but I, 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 she has like the coolest moniker, which like Zeon's ghost or the ghost of Zeon. Yeah! Oh, love her. I love her outfit. Like, the fucking, like, black sort of, like, shirt dress thing. Also, I would wear that. Also stealing that look. I would love to cosplay Haman. Haman's the best. And So, simping for Haman aside, let's talk about Mineva Zabi. Oh, I love her. I just immediately love her. I don't know what her do. Here's the thing, right? Like, most of her dialogue in that one episode was clearly, like, fed to her. Like, that's clearly what Haman told her to say. Um, like, and I love how Char calls her out on it. Just like, like, wow, you were like, like, oh, you, you fucking remember me from back when you were like two? And then she just looks at Haman. <laughs> like, Haman, help. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, I, so, so I guess I haven't seen like the, like, you know, the, the real, uh, the, I go, well, I guess the real, Min, 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 is it Maneva? Uh, Maneva. Maneva, um, Maneva Angelian, um, <laughs> Maneva Lauzabi, get, get in, <laughs> Maneva, get in the fucking throne. Get in the, uh, I like how she sits at like the the, the like side of her throne because she's so small. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I guess I guess the reality is she's literally a baby. Like she's a fucking. She's baby. seven years old. That's like she's it. Seven. That's yeah. She's she's the equivalent of she's the equivalent of like the fucking of like of like cats and his and his brother and sister from 0079 like she's she's the same age that cots was in 0079 yeah um she's probably the same age as like shinta and kum who we'll talk about next yeah they might be they might be like a little younger um but but no roughly the same age definitely all all young children um and i i I do appreciate that like i think that mainly is what makes is what makes uh is what makes Char snap so hard of just like you have fuck it like this was the one zombie I let live and you've ruined her <laughs> like what I love that little I love that little mini flashback where you see Char in his 0079 get up but with sunglasses just kind of hanging out with baby Maneva yeah I love it little baby Sam like I was talking to a friend of mine he was like kind of live tweeting to me as he was re- watching the show and he was like bro I straight up thought Char was just gonna walk up and murder this child in cold blood. <laughs> Yeah, I think <laughs> I and the, why didn't Char kill kill Mineva because 
she's an untainted zombie. She has nothing to do with with the sins of the zombies that he did kill. Yeah, no. Um yeah, definitely her like I guess her birth was not misfortunate enough for him to do the damn thing. Um plus like I think even like yeah, cuz like I I feel like th- there might be there might have been a moment where he considered it back in the war of just like, you know, he's got the fucking corkboard with the whole zombie li- like zombie, the zombie lineage and soon to be zombies. Him, right? And he looks at Maneva and just like, you know, he probably thinks about it. He's like, "Well, this could be the easiest one, uh, <laughs> but I I should definitely make sure Dazzle's dead first. <laughs> uh, um, but no, like I I think even I think even Double Seventy Nine Char wouldn't wouldn't kill Maneva even if he planned on it. Even at like Origin Char at his absolute mo- like college age like high school college Char at his at his most feral. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, so, I think so, Texas Texas Colony uh Texas Colony fucking uh fucking um Edward Cap- Mass Cass- yeah Edward Mass Edward Mass might have killed a child <laughs> <laughs> Edward Mass would have beaten a child with a with a piece of wood God <laughs> Char on levels of feral I'm 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 very interested in Maniva I'm interested in, I'm in, I'm interested in Maniva because because I'm I'm always interested in characters that uh follow through into other into other shows into other universal century shows because a lot of times we get that so rarely you know i mean there's always at least one who's who we see but it's like it always interests me which ones stick around for how long for what reason because i feel like i feel like uh i feel like the the gundam franchise tends to you know obviously you know there's so many gundam shows some of them are better than others but i feel like the the universal century stuff does a really good job of like not just going for the really obvious like well this character's really popular so let's bring him back and put him in the fucking show like i feel like every i feel like for the most part it it feels as somebody who still needs to watch a great deal of universal century that like whenever they do decide to keep a, a cast member around for a whole different story there's like a reason for them to be there um they might not always reach their full potential and like maybe it'd be better off if they weren't around because the whole time you might be watching and thinking like i wish they would fucking do something but like i don't know um, like is is sayla's absence from from zeta would that be would it be worse if sayla just kind of sat there and did nothing i that that's such a different thing because i can't i can't separate it from the from the reality that that there was all that drama with her voice actress um, yeah i think I think ultimately I still I still am going with just my my personal like not necessarily interpretation but my personal feeling on it is I like it's disappointing when a popular character is no longer in the franchise but whenever they aren't that says to me that they're doing fine that their life is going great and they should just be left alone because good things don't happen to Gundam characters. We'll we'll get back to Sayla toward the end of this episode, but like when I when I I saw her brief cameo, uh, all I could think of is like, wow, Sayla really was the smartest character in all of Gundam for just getting the fuck as far away as she could she from just... the plot. Yeah, yeah, nah, she just escaping the narrative. I I, I do wish that. You know, I I do wish that at the very least, if they ever were, if they ever like, if they ever were to do something with her again, that they would at least keep that through line. I I don't want the only reason that she is that she is detached from it all to be. Oh well, you know, we just have a lot of like litigious reasons to barely put Sayla in it. Like I would, 
I don't know, commit to it. If you know, uh, it's one of those things that we talked about before of like making uh, making narrative justifications for production things you know like we yeah. have it's it's you know it's, it's that example of like oh the bad guys have to pilot zakus okay well the titans stole the zakus after the one-year war and use them now because it's easier like it it works both ways um, definitely uh what fucking character were we even talking about uh, we were talking uh, about Mineva. Mineva. i am excited for more Mineva. um I, I i is she in double zeta i assume uh yes okay so but not a whole lot otherwise you wouldn't have went uh uh, she she's not a major character. Okay, well that's fine. I I look for I look forward to her being a major character in Unicorn. She is a major character in Unicorn, which is fucking I'm, awesome. I'm very excited. Oh god, everyone like every time I see a clip from Unicorn because there's this great new Twitter bot called uh, RNG Gundam, like RN Gundam, but it's RNG, and it just takes five second clips from like the entire Gundam franchise at complete random and posts them on Twitter. I'm, um, I'm going to. I'm just going to have my my Devon PSA here, where I put on my my super nerd glasses and I I, I take off everyone's fun hats and uh-huh. I say, Gundam Unicorn looks really awesome. Gundam Unicorn is really awesome, but please, for the love of God, don't start at Gundam Unicorn because you will have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I. I know so many people who say who say, oh, I tried to watch Gundam Unicorn because it looked awesome, but I couldn't follow it. And I was like, yeah, but is it like a sequel to Char's Counterattack? It also brings in shit from Zeta. It brings in shit from 0079. It's weirdly, really, mu- really more of a sequel to Double Zeta, which fucking that's... like nobody watches. Yeah, that's that's astounding to me. I will I'm say, glad. I'm glad that that makes that gives me confidence that Tooch personally will like it even more as Double... a, as a Double Zeta stand. To me, <laughs> the Double Zeta stand who has not seen Double Zeta. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I'm listen. I'm a, I'm a fake. I'm a fake gamer girl. Listen. <laughs> Like, I will say Double Zeta is not required viewing for Char's counterattack. I would I argue Zeta is, because Char's arc in, in Zeta is very important. Double Zeta, not important for Char's counterattack, but Double, Double Zeta is 100% required for the Unicorn. I love that. That's some fucking, that's some fucking Twin Peaks you have to watch Fire Walk With Me shit. You do. You, you do. The return... <laughs> Like, The Return is more of a sequel to Fire Walk With Me than it is the show. <laughs> love it. A big love it. I can't wait to, I can't wait to do that guy, then. <laughs> I, I, yeah. There's so much shit to look forward to. In, in this universe. <laughs> Not the one we inhabit. Is there a, me- is there a mecha with, um, this is, yeah, this is a digression. We can probably cut this. Is there a mecha with, um, with, with Lynch energy? Is there a Lynchian mecha out there? Because if not, I would love to make one. I would have to really think on that. I, like, I, I would say, like, when it comes something that close that's like captures like this the the love for the thing they're making. I'd say Evangelion would be probably the closest, but like aesthetically and, to- and tonally, they're very different. Right. Yeah. Um. But no. That- yes. I, I. I can't. I can't wait for fucking. I. I just like Zeta. It's like okay, double seventy nine. 79 is a gr- is the is the primer for. I feel like double seventy nine is the primer for the Gundam franchise at large, and then and, and within that, uh, under that umbrella, is a smaller umbrella. And I think Zeta Gundam is what primes you for like the rest of the Universal Century. I I would chronologically. Argue, I would argue 
Gundam, the movies, TV, then the movies, then Zeta Gundam. Mm-hmm. And then you unlock the rest of the franchise, pretty much. Well, like, with some caveats, because then you can watch all the unit one-year war OVAs. Because yes. you have full context. You can watch Char's Counterattack. You can watch Double Zeta. But then Unicorn is required, Double Zeta is a requirement for Unicorn. You can watch Origin. You can go watch Victory or F91. You can go watch any of the OVAs. And, it's, and that's... I, Zeta is, is perfect. Zeta is Gundam to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, honestly, I'm, I, I, I was watching it, I, like, my, the, one of the first takes that I had that I'm so glad I just remembered, because I don't take notes for this podcast. Um, I take very few. Is, is, like, um, I was watching Zeta, and I'm just thinking about how, like, what a great budget it has, and the care that it takes, but also, like, the, the narrative beats, and, like, the, the performances, and just like the character arcs and the like the a the a and b plots and everything and the way the way everything is paced and just like the the way that it grips you like the 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 way that each episode like really want like you oh, yeah i can't fucking you know i imagine watching this on television in the 80s it's like oh man i can't fucking wait for next week um Th- this is a very early like to me at least this this feels like an early like modern like tv show like a, every like a, episode for, for anime. is anime it it's it's cool from like a production standpoint because to me this is right in the sweet spot of going from episodic to like every episode is self-contained the problem mm-hmm. in the episode is usually resolved by the end of the episode there is whatever problem it is specifically but that problem leads directly into the problem from the next episode Yes. Like, the the one where Sarah drops the bomb, the the Argama cannot get repaired, so then it needs to even go out, even though it's damaged, to, and then they don't have time, because then they gotta, you know, race the Dogas gear to get to the Guadon, the Guazon, so they can negotiate with Axis. And then, the next episode is them fleeing from two ships attacking them. So that they can get to the La, the Lavian Rose to finally get repairs. Yeah, it, it And it each definitely... one of those is a different, is a different three-act episode, but... They're all, it yeah. They're it all leads into the problem next week. Yeah, and and, and it just reminded me of like, man, is this is this how other people feel when they watch all those live action dramas that I just personally can't ever fucking stand? Like, damn. <laughs> like, I've been watching Dark on Netflix, and that's really good. Which one? Uh, that German show, Dark. I haven't heard of it. I mean, you're you're a slut for time travel, so you'll like it. It's just very sad. Ooh, I haven't seen time it, it's it's. Sad German time travel show. Nice. It's it's very good. One of my one of my best friends turned me onto it. It's very good. But uh, it, I I just that I I agree with you. I like every I would if I was watching this week to week as a twenty five year old in nineteen eighty five eighty six. Oh my god! Like whenever this aired, like oh my god! It's Thursday night. I can't do anything. Zeta's on at nine. Yeah, damn. Like, and honestly, like, I can fucking like, I, I feel like, I feel like there's probably, I, I, I would like to imagine that this, that this broke through like demographic barriers. I like did. This was, this was, that... I think this was like the highest viewed anime until Evangelion. Right. Like, there was probably like, th- there was probably a lot of people because you know, like that, that was very much like, like what, what genre, what genre fiction started out as in the West. It's, it's like, you know, nobody wanted to watch nerd shit, but then it's like everybody at the office water cooler is talking about Game of Thrones. 
Um, <laughs> now people at the uh, water cooler are talking about fucking Thor and Fanta and the Avengers. Yeah, now now people at the water cooler are doing nothing but talking about like like shit. genre shit, but it's all like very bad and trite and made for them. And I'm just like, fuck, fuck this. Can't wait till that so happens to Gundam. Oh man, I don't think it ever will. It, pro- um, it probably won't. It, it happened. I th- I think the closest it got was like seed. Honestly, yeah. And I mean, like the the AU Gundam show is, for better or worse, all like, with the exception of G Gundam because it's such its own thing. Yeah. And Turn A Gundam because that's technically like a Tomino joint. Like when um, I think of all the other Gundam shows, as much as I like a lot of them, they all pale in comparison to Universal Century stuff. Yeah, it it really is like. It's it's more of like a weird family tree. Like everything's interconnected, but they're all also doing doing their own thing. And it's 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 very it's very easy to just like have a favorite Gundam and you don't really fuck with the rest of the franchise. But I think that take is a hard one to have because it's so big and everybody is so used to just liking an entire franchise. You know, that's very much the pop culture world we live in. Is like you have to if you like a thing, you must then consume as much of it as you can. But it's like. I mean, you know what? Like, if fucking if if the only thing you like is Wang, like, I mean, fuck, you're getting like you're getting like thirty percent of the fucking merchandise they put out for it. Like, so what do you have to bitch about? Like, we forgot a mech. Oh fuck! Did we? We did. I, I I'm pulling it up right now. Nothing but professionalism here. Oh fuck yeah. I, I still I I just have my my screen has nothing pulled up on it but um but a picture of Haman Karn pointing a gun at the camera. <laughs> there we go. The Gaza Sea. Ooh, these are I the like a- it. these are the uh, the Axis mobile suits. Oh yeah, you're right. Because this was the th- I mean because th- that was wasn't wasn't Haman like introduced piloting one of these things? You're yeah, like, she's piloting one of these. Yeah, because I remembered like she just showed up and I was like, oh what that's her, and then the episode was over and I was like, wait what? No, go back. What did I did I miss something? And that's it in the mobile armor mode. I like its weird colors. Because this yes. is the only Axis mobile suit they show in Zeta. With the with a single exception we'll talk about next next time. Um I I like it. I the the Zeta gods Zeta the, the Zeta Mecha are really gonna get me back into Gunpla. Because my problem with Gunpla is I never just wanna buy like a bunch of different ones, because like it's very, it's very rare, honestly, that a lot of the, that, 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 that a mobile suit or something will, or a mobile suit or a Gundam will speak to me enough for me to, like, pay the money and put in the time to build it. Um, but, fuck, man, Zeta's got bangers all day. Yeah. Every- I think I'm also just, I think I'm also just super susceptible to a really good transformation gimmick. And that's the gimmick of Zeta. Zeta was all transforming mobile suits, which is funny because people will... In, in context, people will say, oh, that was the trend in mobile suit development at the time. <laughs> that was just a thing of the 0080s. That was the style at the time. And not saying that, like, transforming mechas go away. Like, one of the main characters of Unicorn has a, uh, has the Delta Plus, which is an actual finished version of the Delta Gundam that the Hyakushiki was supposed to be. So it's a Hyakushiki that isn't gold, it's like silver that can turn into a Wave Rider. Fuck yeah. The Delta Plus is cool. It's just not gold. Uh, so let's let's talk about Shinta and Kum because I, I I I know some people who have various opinions about Shinta and Kum, and I'm curious how you think what you think of them because they come in. I forgot how late into the game they they show up. Like they don't show I, up until episode twenty seven. 
I am I am invested in them because like it's their their introduction was so just like oh okay like like Char gets back on like Char gets ba- just gets back off from Earth and just has these two kids with him and it's just like there's way more important stuff going on and and so he's just like nah trust me like I we have to bring these kids on board it's it's fine Don't my 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 reasoning behind that is twofold mm-hmm. and I think both of them have to do with Char being very smart but so smart that he's dumb yeah that, uh, that tracks so far reason number one. Well, the white base had some children on it. They came in handy and saved the day in the end <laughs> and oh. might have saved the entirety of the Federation. So maybe they'll come in handy in that capacity. And he's like, how can I get Fa and Camille to work together better? And let's make, let's have them, let's force them to be parents. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's that. And I, I think it's, it's just, it, it is sort of like a, like a, like a white base like thing. Of, it's, it's just like a psychological tactic of, of like, you know, like, this this will bring the crew together. This will give them something to fight for, um, and also it'll give the show a little bit of comic relief that the show kind of needed. Yeah, um, like give people something. To, also, like it get like as as much as it is like as much as it does unfortunately become like, hey, all the women on board, take care of these fucking children. Um, I think also an aspect of it is just like, hey, let's give let's give the, let's give let's give these AU people something to do in their off time that isn't just the fucking war. Like I I I think there was the, I feel like they really missed a, like a, an opportunity for a, for a line for Fa to say something to Camille because Camille would be like oh Fa's really good at this like disciplining the kids constantly and Fa yes. would look at him and be like yeah I've had a lot of fucking practice yeah right <laughs> oh man I was I thought that was such a missed opportunity for a good line jeez uh. I, I love Fa. Fa's great, and I'm I'm glad that like even after Fa has babysitter duty, she's still like an active combatant. Yeah, it's not like no. Frau where she's like I I can't see Frau's personality being one to want to get into a mobile suit. Like I don't think Frau would yeah, want I, to. I, yeah, I, but I, I still, think, you know, I think they do. I think they do a good job with Frau of establishing at the very beginning that like while while Frau is certainly not useless, like some people just some people just don't have it in them to like get in a fucking war machine and and fucking shoot at people, and I think that's valid. And like, like Fra- Frau isn't less of a character for not piloting something. And it's like, so they give Fa babysitting duty, but like that's, it, it's less that, because I remember resenting Shinta and Kuma a bit because I felt that, like, oh, now Fa just has to go be the babysitter now. Fa has to go do her girl work, because it's assigned to her. But it's like, I, I, it's a lot less, I guess I feel that less because I, I see that, I'm like, it really doesn't impact Fa that much. Are these kids like, are these kids like refugees or something? Like, are these kids' parents like dead? Like- I'm assuming they're orphans. Yeah. Part of me was like, I, I assumed that they're orphans, and honestly, part of me assumed that, like, they're new types. What What if they were, like, new type candidates to be experimented on by the Federation and Char, like, got them? That'd be fun. But also, honestly, I just think that, like, also, like, maybe he already had the plan of, like, I'm gonna get some kids for the Argama. Like, like I'm fucking, I'll buy everybody a puppy. Like, he's just that <laughs> stupid. But then he, like, and then, the, but then he, got, like, he picks those two specifically because he, like, senses something in them. It's like, okay, oh, good, more new types. We I trust this. Char says nobody should say that but i trust char 
Mm-hmm. He's never betrayed anybody his entire life. He's never betrayed a dog. That line, I was really hoping that line would make a little more sense in context, and it's just a, a bunch of horse shit. Why would Char say that to Haman of all? Haman is arguably the only person who knows everything he's done. I, I, I will Does respond- she? I will respond to that only with a meme, which was, it was a parody of the Eddie Murphy meme, but it was Char. It says, you can't betray anybody you were never loyal to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's probably his logic, like, dead ass. Um, but that, like, I, I had that thought lately of just, like, how many people on either side, because, like, everybody knows who Char is, and, and, on, and by the end of these episodes, he, he reveals who Char Asnable truly is, like, lineage. To the world. To the world. Like, not just that he is Char Asnable, but also Char Asnable is also somebody that you didn't even know that Char was. Um, but, that being said, I feel like most people, t- to this day at this point, still don't fucking know that he assassinated, the like, half the Zabi family. I don't think anybody besides Char knows for certain that he killed Cassilia Zabi. Because nearly everybody who was there died. That's true. Char killed pretty much every witness to that murder. Um, do, do people know he killed Garma? I I th- I don't know if they know he killed Garma, but he Garma died on his watch, so I think he got like written up for like incompetence or like how dare you you were supposed to protect Garma? Because he didn't like directly kill Garma, he just kind of betrayed Garma. Right, he let Garma die. He let Garma die, as opposed to like you know he didn't just like snap Garma's neck. Right. Um. Okay, now that I think about it, because I guess, like, Cassilia killed Giren, right? Cassilia killed Giren, and Giren killed Degwin. Yeah. Because at the Amuro... end of the one-year war, Degwin was gonna... Armuro killed Dazzle. Yeah. How mad do you think Char is? He's like, I wanted to kill Degwin, damn it! <laughs> but I, but Char also would feel great. It's like, hey, your your bastard son murdered you for a petty reason. Yeah, honestly, like, he's like, you know what, that tracks, like, he, he probably had that contingency planned of just, like, eventually one of them, uh, eventually one of them will probably kill Degwin. Um, and he, he probably knew it was either gonna be Giren or Cassilia. And he, he was probably, he probably was betting heavier on it was gonna be Giren. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that definitely would have been, also, it's like, God, the Zabi family, like, like, let's be honest, like, let's be honest, Char didn't have to do much to get the Zabi family to fucking be destroyed. Yeah, I think you know how you, you know how you get two buff clean to kill each other. You lock them in a room for long enough. Yeah, right. Um, because because it's funny because I did notice like when Haman was talking about Haman reveals that like you know that they were the ones who sent like she seemed to say like oh we we sent you to Earth. In, in the manga, uh, that was kind of Char's out of access. Was it was yeah. like you're gonna go to Earth ahead of us to see what the situation is because things are fucked over there now. Yeah, and then Char was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that." Peace. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's pretty much exactly what happened. He took Roberto <laughs> and Apolly with him, uh, which is which is funny because it's like, wow, like Haman was Haman was like, "You were like 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 I want you to help us rebuild the Zabi family," and I'm like, "Bitch, he's the reason it needs rebuilding." <laughs> <laughs> it, it's great. It's great. Uh, do you want to do you want to dig into the episode? Uh, where okay, so we where we last left off in the uh, previous part, uh, Camille fell in love on Earth with former Asame. It was great. Uh, came back into space, and there was an extended period of time where Shirako had Jared and Mar under his command, and then uh, kind of ditched them. There was a uh, prolonged struggle 
over control of the city of Von Braun. Uh, the Titans won the initial initial battle, but the second the Aeug counterattacked and pushed them out, but at heavy costs, damaging a good portion of the city. So it was really like no one really won. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, on Earth, uh, Blex Forer is assassinated by uh, the Titans, who was a uh, high-ranking Federation politician and the founder of the Aeug, who, in his dying breaths, gives Char. Uh, essentially, Char, you're now head of the Aeug. Yeah. And he specifically tells him, like, you gotta do it as Char. And Char's just like, I really don't want to. <laughs> I don't wanna. But, and, and Char's whole arc through this part is, like, working up the courage to do that. Mm-hmm. Within himself, which is big, big, big of Char. I like, you, we're getting a lot of Char development here. Th- this is the first time I've seen Char attempt growth on screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Char's no longer running away. First one we have is episode twenty-five, Day of the Colony Drop, which is uh, this is the start of the Yazan arc where uh, Yamaikan, ca- commander of the Alexandria, we have not seen Basque in like over a while. In a while, it's been nice. <laughs> yeah, there's no Basque around. Ba- I guess Basque is doing other shit. Uh, yeah. So Yamaikan uh, decides hey, we're going to get back at the Ayug for kicking our ass at Von Braun. So we're going to take a colony from side two. Or we're going to take a, del- a derelict colony left over from the one-year war, one that Zeon already gassed. We're going to drop it on Granada. And uh, so the into- so that was basically the plan. I like how Wong Lee starts playing more of a part in these episodes. Wong is even like kind of an uninvited guest among the on the Argama. Nobody really likes him. Oh, God. This one was relatively quick. I think the biggest deal for this one was this is the first time we see Kotz really active in combat, like, competently. Um, no, no, no. I'm completely forgetting. But Sarah comes in at Isaac with a gigantic white flag. Yeah. And she warns the Ayug about the colony drop. And yeah, but but it also, like, it's... it's she, it's, it's, like, part of the plan, right? It's part of Shiraco's plan. Yeah. Yeah, Do you think Shiraco's entire thing was he's like, maybe if I play my cards right, this one renegade, uncontrollable man on the Alexandria might kill fucking Yamaikin? I mean, he'll get back for slapping me in the face. Yeah, yeah, honestly. It's essentially and to make Yamaikin look like an incompetent bitch. Which, let's be fair, isn't hard. Uh... Yamaikin's, Yamaikin's like the shittiest of all the Titans. Yamaikin he like sucks. He sucks for he sucks as a titan, which is all which is already so bad as a baseline. The bar is so low, and Yamaikin's just like, man, what if I just sucked absolute and total shit? What if no one liked me? Because Kotz doesn't go out until until uh, 
a while later. This is a different episode. Yeah, if this is the, if anything, because I, I was about to call you out, it's like, um, I think Kotz doesn't do anything competent in this episode. You <laughs> yeah. want to talk about, you want to talk about simping. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about what actually happened in these episodes. So, um, everyone is really suspicious of, of Sarah, but but Camille, like, kind of, they're, they're feeling each other out, because unlike Four and Rosamia, Sarah's like a real-ass new type. Yeah. Like, Sarah's legit. Homegrown, corn-fed new type. Camille's like, are you, are you a cyber new type? And she's like, nah. So he, he like, he's just like, you're you're dangerous. You're part of the Titans. He's like, no, she's like, nobody on the Titans really likes me. They call me, like, precocious and annoying because I'm young, and they think I should be part of the AU because I'm a new type, because part of the reason the Titans were formed was to oppress new types. Mm-hmm. Oh, they think they're better than us because they're new? I'll show them. So it's there's a lot of anti-new type sentiment. And even as Namakar, when she comes back, she's kind of saying, like, the whole reason cyber new types are around is to, like, you know, so we can catch up to new types, and fuck you, why do you get to be better than us? I do like that, like, it's most it's mostly only new types that even use the term old type, because that's very much like a, like a cis people are uncomfortable being called cis thing, because they just want to be normal. Like... <laughs> It's very. I have like, a lot. Yeah. I have a lot of like the the more new types show up and like communicate with each other about being new types, the more I extremely love them, and I have like so many opinions on on them. The the as, worst like, Gundam take is that new type stuff is bad, and the reason why Tomino Gundam sucks. Yeah, nah, wrong. I'm sorry, bad and wrong. That's that. That's your. I'm sorry, you have bad taste. Yeah, that's a bad take. Oh, Stardust Memory is better because it doesn't deal with all that fucking old idiot new type shit. Yeah. The gay new type shit. Yeah, it is gay, and I like it. It is. I will say it's specific. It's it's uh it's it's queer to me, and that <laughs> you know it, at the end of the day that's semantics. But I, I feel like that word holds a specific kind of context that will that that we'll get into. Um, but no, yeah. So so they obviously throw they obviously throw throw Sarah in like the brig for the sec uh, for the first time of two. <laughs> um, and they they already know. They are, they look, like, Katz walks into the room and, and meets this girl, and everybody is like, Katz, don't fucking talk to her. Don't look at her. You keep it in your fucking pants. Katz, I'm serious. And Katz is just, like, not listening. She, like, and she picks up on that immediately. She, like, she pegs him immediately and looks him dead in the eyes and smiles. <laughs> I was just about like... to say, damn, pegs him immediately, buy him a drink first. <laughs> No, just immediately just notices. Mm-hmm. Like, bam, you're into me. Does the eyes, does the smile. Sarah's got that down. She's learning the Shirako school of emotional I manipulation. Was, like, honestly, I was gonna say, of just like, of course, that's like the first thing she goes to. Of just like, god damn it, that sucks. That sucks, Sarah! But she, and, and they're just like, oh, like, well, why are you here? Like, don't you want the Titans to win? And she is like, and she like, lets Shirako's name slip. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, "Oh no, well, Shirako really doesn't like this. This is dishonorable. This isn't his way of doing things." And they're like, "Wait, Shirako or sent you here?" So they're like, "What? What? What benefit does this have for Shirako?" Then she immediately clams up. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, "All right, Kotz, you fucking you watch her, but be fucking careful." Like Camille's like, "She's dangerous, dude." He's like, "I I met a I met a pastel colored." a pastel hair colored girl on earth i know how dangerous they can be yeah what's up that's that's also me now (laughs) (laughs) and so 
And, and so the whole point of the the the, the B or the C plot, I guess, because Sarah's B plot. Mm-hmm. The C plot of this episode is uh, Hank and Emma being being cute. Yeah, they are very they're very cute. I because <laughs> Emma spent Emma's not on the Argama for the entire chunk of this episode. She's on the radish with Henkin. Because mm-hmm. Emma vanishes for a bit because you know the Arg we're just following the Argama around. And the radish is either there or it's not sometimes. Because <laughs> I guess it's just like you can only fit so many fucking mobile suits in a single ship. Yeah. Because and I guess that makes sense because it's just like well. Si- Emma's Emma and Z- and Camille are kind of well, and Quattro are kind of the aces of the uh, of the AU. I mean, Quattro bops around between the two ships a lot, but Camille's always on the Argama, so the Argama always has the Zeta on call, and the Radish always has the Mark II. So that the so that you know, if Titans attack suddenly, the Radish isn't just oh, oh all we got is Nemos. Whoops. Yeah, someone, some like everybody, everybody gets a Gundam, and there's only two Gundams in the show if you don't count the Psycho Gundams. Yeah, um, I do wish, like, part of me still wishes, and there's a world where this is true, because it's like, why wouldn't they? It's a, it's a whole other Gundam to sell model kits of, but it's like, man, just like, uh, like, fucking give Karaba a Gundam. Let Amro pilot that. In, uh, apparently during the first Neo Zeon War, uh, Amro alternates between a D- the DJ when he's on Earth and a, a, like, white and pink Zeta. Oh, interesting. Or a Zeta Plus. He goes under the call sign White Unicorn. Oh, fun. It's cool. Like, there's a lot of, like, tiny lore about what Amuro does during Double Zeta. Good for him. But, uh... The the battle starts off, and the plan is, uh, Emma, because Emma and Hankin were talking, that, like, they're gonna... She's gonna try to set off the, uh, the nuclear, like, engines... Mm-hmm. And divert the uh, colony so that it just impacts into an empty part of the moon. And Henkin expresses that, like, maybe that's kind of dangerous. Like, make sure, like, you're fine, because if you get too irradiated, you might not be able to have children. And she's like, oh, I don't plan on getting married anyway. <laughs> in order to, like, escape the situation. <laughs> and then she she sits in the, like, the, the, the mess hall. And they have, like, a little fortune-telling machine, and it get, prints out, like, you'll be proposed to. Yeah, no, I love that shit. That was so, ugh, <laughs> uh, like, it's, I, I like it because it's, it's so sparing and it's not, like, And Hank, and unlike Shiraco, is not a creep. Yeah, like, it doesn't, like, he's, he, you know, he's, he's pretty dopey. Like, he's pretty dopey about it, and it's like, you know, whatever, but, like, it's, it's, it's cute and non-egregious. It's, it's, it's it doesn't get in the way of anything. It's not it's annoying. Just, it's, it's fun. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Uh, but the this bat this is where we start really meeting Yazan, where Yazan is like screaming at Jamaican over the ra- over like the, the this over like a screen, just being like, "What you're like, you're you're sending us out? We're retreating. We're attacking. Like, there's no fucking strategy, really." Because <laughs> Jamaican has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, nah, absolutely incompetent. So. Uh, the, the mayor of Granada, on the other side of the moon, is, like, pressuring, uh, Lee. He's pressuring Wang Li into, like, are we gonna, are we gonna evacuate? What the fuck is the plan here? And he's just like, no, 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 we gotta trust the Aug. And I, I like that scene a lot, just because the battle goes on. Um, Sarah, when the battle starts happening, Kotz gives Sarah, a, like, a, a normal suit. 
just in case they don't want to kill her. She's a prisoner, so if there yeah. is like loss of pressure, like she'll survive. But she immediately Kotz is too much too dumb to notice. But she he's like she's like oh you should approach me. And he's like no you might know like some sort of like super karate. And she's like no that's far too barbaric for me. <laughs> and uh, she he gives her the the normal suit. And then she's just like, why aren't you a pilot? And he's like, there's not enough mobile suits. And she's like, what about my Hyzak that I came in here on? And he's like, well, I, I don't know how to drive it. She's like, I'll show you. Let's go to the, let's go to the, let's go to the fucking hangar. Yeah, that's just, that was so, like, God, Kotz, come on. Like, I, I, I like, feel like, I feel like I, they made it a point to, like, make him, like, because, like you said, the next episode, he's, like, relatively competent. It's like, I feel like they did that just because it's, like, if he didn't immediately fucking shape up and fly right, then, like, I would, like, this this child just needs to fucking go. Quattro would have just kicked him out of the AUG. Right? Like, fuck. Because he ca- so earlier Kotz is like, if only Lieutenant Quattro was here, I would be fucking doing something. The only I, I feel like I feel like the only reason I feel like the only reason anybody gives Kotz any kind of leeway is because like all of their behavior in the one year war was like equally just like roughshod and like young and stupid. So it's like they have some level of of lenience. But, like, that's even still, like, yeah, no, they, they throw him in the brig at the end, because she obviously, she obviously punks him and flies away. Very obviously. I mean, like, he he, he seems to wise up a bit. Yeah, yeah, fucking, because, like, he, I, it, and it is honestly sad. Like, realistically, like, yeah, like, it is so easy watching this show. It's always so easy to watch, to be an audience member in a show and be like, oh, why the fuck didn't they just do that, stupid? It's because And, it's like, Kotz like, is, like, what, like, 14? That's the thing, right? It's like, it's like when, you know, like, we have fun. We have fun here. Making fun of Kotz is fun. Um, but at the end of the day, this episode was a, a young, a young teenager learning learning how easy easy it is for people to manipulate you when your only mistake is like having good intentions and yeah and that that is deeply tragic and i can also see a little bit of sadness on sarah's side because she's like i she's like wow i kind of really like Kotz. he's a nice boy yeah right and, and yeah from the other end it's like sarah sarah is like learning that like oh like fucking these are these are these are people like we are capable of like like we are capable of 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 liking each other for other for other reasons beside whatever whatever reason we are made to fight each other in this war but like, yeah but like sarah from the jump sarah from the jump is as established as a character who like very much has her own personal reasons for 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 doing everything she's doing in this war and is very much like attempting emphasis on attempting to be a fucking apolitical titan like it's it doesn't work out but it's like you know she is established as somebody who doesn't buy in fully to the rhetoric for better or worse um so so if anybody is primed to like consider the humanity of her enemy it's sarah mm-hmm. she's she's just she's just shirako is just worm-tonguing her too bet too hard it's it's not good that fucking phrase isn't good. Like I know, I know that's the name of the character. Awful fucking. I mean, good name for that character. Awful thing to make people read and say. Tolkien. <laughs> Thanks, J R R. Uh, 
Uh, I was about to ma- I was about to make a joke, but like, because whenever I'm whenever I'm faced with like an acronym, I just have to think of some shit post to make out of the letters. But like, I can't. We can't go on. I already we already have a cut segment where I spend five minutes dunking on a curatorial. <laughs> I can't do Tolkien out of nowhere too. Um, the next episode is fucking sick. The Spirit of Zeon. That was the one where they uh. So essentially, Yazan is like, well, we just got styled on twice and you're an idiot i'm gonna take some guys out and we're just gonna blow up the argama fuck you like we're gonna go out there and we're gonna take out the zeta gundam and uh that's i feel like on some level that's always the titans plan like every single plan the titans have is so definitive and so just like we're gonna do it we're gonna stomp them out. The, the, every mo- every move they make, they always act like this is gonna be the definitive move of the war. And it's like fucking, they're so impatient and fucking like. That's why it's so easy to catch them on their ass because it's like they just always assume absolute victory is like right within their grasp. And it's like no, you have to fight an entire war still. Because like. In the in the last episode, the one thing I forgot was that um, before she leaves, Sarah tells um, Kotz how to beat Yazan's Gaplant. Mm-hmm. That there's it has a blind spot directly underneath it, and that's what saves Camille in the end. Yes. And then Camille's like, "Thanks for saving my life. But you're still in you're still in you're still in hetero baby jail." And so in this one, Yazan is like pissed off. They fix the problem in his uh, Gaplant, but I think this is the one where he's just like throwing Hyzaks out of the goddamn hangar. Yes, that was so good of just like of like because like they they did so poorly in the last mission. He's like, well, then what fucking good are they? I don't want them on my mission. I, I don't know if that's this one or the last one, but I still love that. No, this is the one where he grabs the dude's nuts. Yeah, that's ah! this one. Ah! I had to go back and watch that again because I was just like, did he for real just fucking just fucking nut check this dude and just <laughs> this fucking like green haired like he looks like an he looks like hatari from Ideon, but like green he's just like yeah i, I forget what he even says it's just like we're not even in battle yet it's just like what do you expect him to be a rock hard yazan <laughs> is i think this in this one they attack the they sneak attack the radish that's what they do in this one and the majority of the battle takes place on a uh, bombed-out Guazian, like uh-huh. an old Xeon ship. Uh, Camille has, like, a new type thing where he senses that Emma's in danger. Yeah, he, like, and, wakes uh, up in his fucking mauve underwear that I love. <laughs> Camille's tank top and mauve underwear. <laughs> I love Camille. It's such a... Li- another, another look that I'm gonna steal. <laughs> There is no cisgender explanation for this. <laughs> God, there just there just isn't. There's there's a lot. The the fashion is so good. Cause it so Adol was essentially he's I think he's a uh, like just like a new recruit. Like I think the last battle was his first one, mm-hmm. and this is his second. Yazan's trying to like I'll make I'll make a man out of you, and by that I mean I'll make a psychopath out of you. Mm-hmm. But uh, he it's it's cool because the. Um, Kotz gets the G Defenser finally, and they dock with the with the Mark II. So we see the Super Gundam. Emma has a brand new long rifle, which is a, they call it the Long Beam Rifle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Camille zips into battle because to to back up the Radish. Uh, Camille gets into another into like a close quarters battle in the hangar of the Guazian. 
and Kaz actually has a cool thing where he gets into like a wrecked ass Gelgoog. Yeah. And like fires its 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 fucking beam rifle straight at Yazan. I I I love that. The, the thing I love the most about like whenever whenever they show old because and we'll get into this we'll get into this later in the next episode. But like I I love seeing old stuff from the from 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 the one year war because they don't really update the 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 model sheets or the color palettes like it so everything everything from that era still looks like a late 70s anime i mean even in like that's just the anatomy of all of one year war era mobile suits yeah i love it it's like no they look no it, it wasn't it wasn't the fact that we didn't have a budget they looked like this fucking just go with it that that shit rules i love it <laughs> oh it's good um, yeah, I, I, as soon as I saw, like, honestly, like, it was such a good Chekhov's gun, like, as soon as Chekhov's Gelgoog. <laughs> uh, Adol gets killed by friendly fire from the Alexandria. Lol. But the the biggest thing about this episode is at the end, that's the most important part, where, uh, mm-hmm. Yazan's just like, man, fuck you, Mikan, and he, like, pl- positions himself right in front of the bridge of the Alexandria, and Emma's like, he's not moving. Guess I'm just gonna shoot him. And she fires her huge beam rifle. Yazan moves at the last second and the entire bridge of the Alexandria and just gets disintegrated. And, like, that was his... Fu- like, I love that that was his plan. Like, I... That was his plan all along. He... Because he went out there... Because, like, he... Because he was the one who, like, talked him into letting him do that mission. He was like, no, yeah. we're gonna go out there, we're gonna fuck... And then, and then he... You know, the, the dude who's nuts he grabs, he's like, we're gonna... We're gonna show you, Mike, and what it's like to be in a fucking war, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't know if Yazan is a one-year war veteran, but I'm just imagining, like, a younger Yazan in, like, a, an, an OG-ass GM just ripping Zaku's apart without a weapon. Yeah, nah, he, he, he is the, he is the, he is the student, the, the student of, of Zaku Karate. <laughs> G- Kukuru's Don. GM, GMMA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Y- Yazan's terrifying. I, I would it. not. I would not want to be in a room with Yazan. No, I don't want to be anywhere with. I don't want to be in in a world with Yazan. <laughs> I don't want to be in the same area code. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, the next one, Char's return is. Uh, we get to see a little cameo from Hayato. Hmm. Because the point of this one was that they were going that Char's now coming back from uh the, from Blex's assassination. <laughs> uh, he's coming back. Uh, Hayato is all like, hey, this is a letter for, for Bright from Mirai. Take this. And here's your two kids. Let's, uh, you can get, so the, Ar- but, um, in order for the Argama to receive the communication from Char, they, you can tell I watched this one today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to get that communication from Char, they need to go into Titan's controlled space. And uh, the Alexandria is is once again just came back from repairs from Alboaku, which they renamed the Gate of Zidane. Uh, Alboaku being the big asteroid base at the end of 0079, the final battle of the One Year War. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the Titans also, I, have made. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what continuity that the the Gundam Wiki gets this from. But supposedly, yes, uh, Yazan was a pilot in the One Year War, and apparently, like did like did a, did a good job, but just didn't really get a reputation until the group's conflict. You know what? That checks. That tracks. Yeah. I I, I like I like Yazan. He's a, he's a fuck. <laughs> uh. So. This and this one is where Yazan starts the the, the episode by throwing Isaacs out of the fucking hangar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and Jared's all like, I'm gonna show him a piece of my mind. Like, I hope, I hope Jared is terrified of Yazan, because he should be. He's probably not, but yeah, he should be. I, I just really want Yazan to just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I mean, that would be funny, at least. Yeah. This one has a cool configuration of people, like Mar and Sarah, Mar, Sarah, Jared, and Yazan all have to work together. Yeah, that's one. a motley crew. That's, that's a motley crew of people who don't like each other. <laughs> <laughs> only only Jared and Mar like each other. They hate mm-hmm. everybody else. Everybody hates them. I don't think Yazan is capable of like liking people. Maybe he likes Shirako, because Shirako's going to let him kill a ton of people. Yeah, yeah, he, he likes Shirako in the same way that you like the manager that lets you take like longer breaks and doesn't say anything. Yeah. Oh, Shirako doesn't yell at me and lets me kill people. Okay. <laughs> Oh, Shiraco's the oh, Shiraco's the teacher that doesn't give me homework, and therefore I like them. So, uh, Sarah goes out. I think she's in a Marsai. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but she has a gigantic mega cannon. Mars mobile suit is acting as kind of like the battery for it. Like they're using mm-hmm. that suit's gen, which later they'll do um, with the Gelgoog later on. Yeah, with with the Ayug's version of that, which we saw briefly earlier on. So they're trying to blow up the shuttle. That Char that Char is on. Another battle ensues. The fucked part of this episode, I thought, was that only really Char, Shinta, and Coom survive, and like all the other people on that like commuter shuttle are dead. Yeah, no, that like Sarah straight up killed all of them. I was speechless. I I was just like, holy fucking shit, Christ! Like that that shook me, and I, honestly. I honestly don't think that episode did a good enough job of addressing that. Like, everybody was, like, sad, uh, but, like, they had other shit to do. And I think, like, no, that is a significant civilian casualty, and everybody should be feel bad about that. I think like, the person felt the worst everybody. about that was Sarah, at least in, in terms of visual reactions. Like, Sarah was kind of like, oh, like, Sarah felt that. She's a new type. Right, yeah. No, and that's the thing. It's like, that's the other thing. Is like, man, like, there's so many new types here. Like, <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody say something. <laughs> Uh, Jupiter's infiltration. This one is it. Ooh, this is this one's a doozy. Ensign Rekoa's arc in this batch of episodes, like it's. I like it a lot. Um, Good. That's it, an unpopular opinion that I agree with. I fucking what? Like, damn! Like, damn! What is wrong with Gundam fans? People fucking hate Rekoa. Like, I know people who say that that the bad the back half of Zeta is ruined by Rekoa. God, fuck off. Jesus. God, I'm so mad. That's... Rekoa is... Rekoa is just, like, a a, a likable version of, like... God, I'm brain farting on her name because it's been a minute, but, like, the fucking... The, the the lady I hate who spent the entire franchise having a breakdown and trying to get a baby killed in Ide on. Cheryl. Cheryl, 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 yes, of course, Cheryl. Ugh, how could I forget Cheryl? Um, it's honestly reminiscent of Cheryl in that, like, man, these two women sure do a bad job at hiding how badly they want to die. Uh, <laughs> like, Rekoa, yeah, Rekoa, she's kind of upset that she survived the, the her infiltration of Jaburo in the first chunk of episodes. Yeah, no, like, I... Fod doesn't really understand at all, because Camille's obviously... Like, Camille's picking up on this. Camille gets it, but Camille doesn't know how to talk to her. All Camille knows is just, like, well, Camille Camille acts very Camille about it, and, and yeah. Rekoa doesn't respond well to that. 
type of communication, and Fa is very Fa about it. But she, in, and you know, I, I feel like I've done this with people who I should have been like realer with. But one of the one of the one of the problems that come up when you try to to meet someone where they're at and like you know check in on them is like you can just sort of end up like getting sucked into their logic and you end up enabling them when you're you're trying to be there for them and you don't want to like tell them what to do because you know they won't listen you can end up enabling them if you're not careful (laughs) and i think that's what fa did fa's like yeah fucking do it it's fine you seem you're an adult you know what's good you you're you're you're, you want to make up for how you you feel like you've lost your honor because of what happened at jabaro and it's just like no fa you no she you're not buff clan please you're not buff clan enough oh you know what we forgot to talk about at the end of the last episode huh was was bright getting the message from mirai god yes i cried i cried too i cried i was bright cried (laughs) Yeah, no, like me, like me and Bright like <laughs> vibed for a second. <laughs> no, because it's like I—that's the whole reason Bright is doing this—is for his family. Jesus, I feel like Bright doesn't even agree with a lot of the Aug because Bright's still pretty pro Federation, but he at least knows that Titans are fucking bad. Yeah, no, like he's and and honestly, like it it it, it didn't hit me until until Char handed him that tape of just like. Oh, he's been so stressed. He's been so stressed and just like he he he's his every every episode something comes up and like bright bright has to be bright, but also there there's always moments of just like hesitation and just like he never knows what to do and then with like, you know, he That's what he says when Char is back. He's like, "Oh, thank God. I don't have to be Camille's dad anymore." Yeah, right? And 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 then like Char's Char like Char sort of wakes him up and it's like like, "Hey, you like you, you should focus on like like you should remember that you're actually also a real father, and you don't have to be fucking. You don't have to be Camille's kid. You have kids. <laughs> I, I I like I, I like Shaman and Hathaway's little messages. They're they're nice. It's bright yeah, works more, so well. Hello, more, welcome unin- to- <laughs> more unintended foreshadowing. Every time Hathaway shows up, I'm just like, honey, you got a big storm coming. <laughs> I, I look directly at the camera. Hello, this is uh, the, our favorite part of talking about Zeta Gundam, where we just stand right now for twenty minutes. <laughs> No, I Bright's great. Bright, I like. There was even that funny moment earlier where Bright was eating a burger and he got called out for talking with his mouth full. Yeah, <laughs> just a very like I appre- I do appreciate the the very brief snippets of domesticity on the argama and the and the fucking I the almost said the, I almost said the sardine. The <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the name in our in our if we ever do like a Gundam pen and paper thing. Our our Ayug ship will be the sardine. Yeah. Half of the units we have are balls. <laughs> There's no room in there. Everybody has to share a bunk. <laughs> oh, we have a shitty outdated ship from the one year war. <laughs> oh, for sure. We don't even have mobile suit catapults. We have to like they have to awkwardly stand on the side of the ships like they did in Double Seventy Nine. Yeah, like they're yeah, they look like garbage men just hanging off the side. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh man. But uh so Rekka was not doing great. And she's volunteer, so they they essentially used a ton of spare Nemo parts to rebuild that busted um, Gelgug. Yes. And she's going to use it. She's masquerading as like a civilian hobbyist who runs out of gas next to the Jupiteris, because nobody has any fucking idea what's going on in the Jupiteris. 
No, like this, it's this, it's this huge ass ship that's made to go from Jupiter to Earth. It's not even, a, it doesn't even have any weapons on it. It's just to transport a uh, helium three. But Shiraco's turned it into his own like fucking like mobile suit factory. Yeah, yeah, she she's gonna go. She's she's spying on there to see the to see the mobile suits and like she she does manage she, she does manage to get in there because it's like Camille's outside running enough interference where they have more shit to worry about than this lady. Um, we see Shirako again. Yeah, 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 and then she sees Shirako, and it's not not great, not good. Shirako <laughs> immediately pegs her, at, like 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 looks at her and just goes like. Hmm, I see what's going on. Let me I see a broken, wounded woman. Let me manipulate her. Oh god. Fucking what's I that see one a fucking line? What's that one fucking line from Clone High where JFK's like, Hawk, what is that? That sounds like the knock of a of like a vulnerable teenage girl. <laughs> Damn, his so his interactions with Sarah are like so insidious because you can just see how much Sarah like idolizes him. Mm-hmm. And he, he's uh, he's such a gross man, and I, I agree with Arcade. His hair is terrible. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> and and you know when 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 we see him when we see him like uh, interact with Sarah and like the way he touches her face, like at first I just kind of interpreted that as like a like a fake closeness of just like he's he's breaching that human contact and just like connecting with her in order to like bring her in deeper. Is like you know that's just you can just do that as a normal person to somebody. Um, there's that little the, detail like after his hand leaves her hit after he leaves the room she like touches her face right where his hand where his hand was mm-hmm. it's and, like oh no but then he very much acts he very much acts the same way at Rekoa immediately um, immediately and and she slaps him <laughs> which is great then he slaps her right back because yeah. fuck you, Shiraco. Yeah, because fuck you, Shiraco, and also the, like this is Gundam. If you slap, you're gonna get slapped back. Uh... And people keep trying to touch Rekko's boobs. That happened to Jabaro too. Ugh. And then um, but then she she manages to fucking get the fuck out of there. Um, and, and Shiraco just lets her. Yeah, no, Shiraco lets her. Shiraco lets her because uh she she starts like she starts like sketching everything she saw in there from memory. Because she has a photographic memory, which is what makes her such a good spy. Yeah, and then she tries to to draw one of the mobile suits that she saw in the hangar, and it's just like all she gets is interference from Shirako. Like Shirako just like clouds her. Me- he like, just her- like materializes on the page in front of her. She like he he did something to her that either like traumatized her or altered her perceptions of just like I she can't remember, and that's why she, that's why he let her go because he did that on purpose. He knew what he was doing. He knew that she would do that. And during all that, uh, Sarah and, and Camille had a little dog fight where Sarah was in Shiraco's old Masala. Mm-hmm. The next one is a side two crisis. This one fucking ruled. I this is so um, the new plan organized by Gaddy Kinsey, who was the uh, he was originally the captain of the Alexandria. Now I guess he just he got a promotion because Jamaican's fucking gone. Yeah. Right. He, he, so he's like, okay, I guess I'm captain of this ship and I'm going to commit, I'm, I'm like an admiral or whatever. So what they're going to do is, I, and this is like Jared at peak bought into the Titans. Mm-hmm. We are going to completely gas one of this co- these colonies Zeon style. And of course they pick side two. The co- like, if you're going to gas a colony, might as well fucking be in side two. They're always getting gassed. Jesus. Can you guys please gas like side six? They, they didn't get blown up in the one year war. They were the only ones who didn't. 
Go gas side five. Oh, you can't because you blew it up. God. No, yeah, there, there was very much that meeting of them just, like, of just, like, taking taking a minute to just justify, like, to justify themselves to every, to each other. And, like, everybody in the room is like, hey, we, look, we all want the war to be over, right? If we do this, then we can all go home and the war will be over. Don't you want to end the war? If we um, do this, the AU will surrender and then it'll all be over. We might not even have to do it if we can threaten them and the AU will surrender. Yeah, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, it's just the, the lack of... The lack of awareness, and it's just like mm, there's there's too many there's too many fucking people like that on this planet. This is a pretty straightforward episode, but the the thread I really liked in this episode was um the the fucking like governor of side two and how he's about to surrender to the titans and the one control room guy doesn't want to so he sh- he gets one of his guards to shoot him. Yeah, no, I hate that dude immediately. Fucking what a immediate coward what a politician Ugh. and then bright calls him out on it at the end yeah that was bad yeah because like like as soon as the titans show up he's like oh get on the phone with them we're gonna surrender but then like and then as soon as the au shows he was like where were you guys you have to help us like shut up yeah god's actually kind of saves the day in this one because he's the one who manages to blow up the g5 cylinders yeah, nah, Kotz is, Kotz is doing better so far. Kotz redeemed himself in this episode a bit. A little bit. And uh, throughout these last couple episodes, though, we definitely see Camille and Fa's relationship kind of become getting a more romantic tinge. Yeah, more romantic, but also just, like, more, like, emotionally, like, they're, they are pushing through. They still both very much have their knee-jerk reactions, just like, God, I can't fuck, like... Like, uh, I, like, I'm so emotional about you, and I don't, I, I'm, like, I refuse to introspect as to why. Because uh. <laughs> they have that, con- I don't, I forget exactly what episode it's in. I think it's in one, it's either in 28 or 29. They have one, like, where, uh, Camille's just like, listen, like, I, we can't keep, like, bickering and fighting like we, like, we always do when we're children, because there's, like, a war on. And Camille's like, listen, I'm not perfect. I'm an asshole sometimes. You can, I'll apologize for it, but, like. We both really got to grow up here, Fa. Yeah, no, nah, like, I, I, yeah, I appreciated that conversation immensely. And I feel like Fa definitely took that to heart, because Fa is not nearly as as immature as she was earlier. Yeah, Fa, Fa isn't, yeah, Fa isn't as immature as, as Camille, but she is very much, she is prone, she is prone to stooping to Camille's level when he does act immature. Like, as soon as Camille acts immature, Fa like just goes into bicker mode with him they go full like coconut vanilla yeah (laughs) oh god it kind of worked because i feel like like haro just hangs out with shinta and kum now and fa's really good at disciplining them but they also like hanging out with camille like camille's even good with them yeah camille camille's more like the like the the, the, like a like a cool older brother to them honestly (laughs) and they call they they call her fa nechan but like fa's their mom yeah um, and that, and and and, and uh, Camille Camille be- bequeathed them uh, ownership of Haro. Yeah, a little later on. Yeah, definitely. This because is your. He... This is yours now. Don't lose it in the vacuum of space. <laughs> Thanks, Fa. <laughs> <laughs> Reko is actually getting to pilot the Methus though for the la- in those last few episodes. Uh, in this episode or one of the other ones, once again, the order of events is escaping me a little bit. But uh, 
Mar and Mar and Jared are at least confessing their love for each other. They're openly making out in the hallway. Jesus, I, that was so like I like that whole scene. I was just like, I don't fucking give a shit. Y'all are fascists. <laughs> I do not understand what you see in this man, Mar. Uh, yeah, I. Uh... So then we then we have episode thirty, which is a uh, Jared suicide attack. Uh, in this one. Uh, it starts with with uh, Char on the moon with uh, Melanie Hugh Carbine, who is the CEO of Anaheim, mm-hmm. and Wong Lee, and they're kind of discussing the uh, Axis is getting close. Like Axis has is out of the asteroid belt and it is getting closer to Earth, and they've sent out a ship from Axis heading our direction, and we need to make contact with them before the Titans do. And so they're like, Char, you gotta negotiate. And Char's kind of apprehensive. Yeah, he super does not want to. But he relents because Wong Lee is yelling at him to do it. Wong Lee is like on one this batch of episodes. <laughs> Wong Lee is a full-on dickhead. Wong Lee is just like Vince McManning his way around the Argama. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> god he's just like he's just like he's just at he's just like fucking at like cranked up to 11 the whole every time he's on screen to the point where even the character like camille's just like like um because like there's there's this scene in a hangar bay and like all wong is doing is running around yelling at everybody to work faster um and then like like fa or somebody else is scolding the two kids and being like you don't have permission to be here and camille's and camille's like no 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 it's cool these two i can vouch for and he's like unlike some fucking people and like it just cuts to wong screaming at more mechanics (laughs) asinage is about ready to fucking club him with a wrench god i love asinage we keep getting little scenes with asinage yeah he's nice I love Asinage. He's great. He's one of my favorite minor characters in the Universal Century. Yeah, I love Asinage. Do you remember? Uh, God, I, I forget which. I think it was another pilot. It was some other character because it, it was it was another. It was it was back in one of those episodes where uh, where Camille and Fa were like were like fighting, and some guy meets him on the elevator and is like, "Oh, Camille, like you see, like hey, what's up? Nah, for real, like hey, like from person to person, like let's." Like you That's see, a Polly. So, yeah, a Polly, a Polly. Yeah, a Polly's like, a Polly's just like, oh man, Camille, you seem really fucking down. No, let's talk it out. Like, let's have an emotional human connection. He's just like, uh, it's just fa. I just don't know what to do about her. I don't, like, she always gets me so mad. And he's just like, ah oh, man, yeah, that sucks. Well, you know, you're young. <laughs> <laughs> he just like ducks. And Camille's like, fuck you. <laughs> or, or that, there's that other co- uh, comic relief scene where like a Polly and, um, Astonage are repairing the Methus and then it like kicks the scaffolding there are and nearly kills them. Oh my god. Does it work? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I, I I really love just the camaraderie of everybody on the on the Argama. It's actually like despite the the like bad situation they're kind of in, I I love the the the, the vibes of everybody aboard the Argama. Everyone seems to be like super close knit. Yeah, like our because the, the 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 Argama is the Argama is one of the least least compromised ships uh, in in the Universal Century. It's just full of people who want to make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah. They all have very different opinions on how to go about doing that. Is the thing, but 
um i i i continue to appreciate like i appreciate like, that's one of the that's one of the things i appreciate about about the argama and about zeta gundam it's like it's a whole lot of people who still have the ability to organize larger anti-fascist goals instead of instead of like not being able to get anything done because they're bickering about minutiae that at this stage doesn't matter which which is i would argue an enormous problem with the far left right now uh, is yeah. like every everybody wants every, no one wants to do anything until we all agree on the same fucking things and it's like that's never gonna happen we have to do things we have to do things right now but uh in this episode the titans plan gaddy kinsey is already proving himself to be way fucking smarter than yamaikin uh-huh where he's just like okay we clearly can't beat the zeta gundam it's a superior mobile suit and the and the pilot's a fucking freak so what we're going to do is we're just going to immediately ignore him and blow up the Argama because that's going to fuck him up emotionally. He's a genetic freak of nature. <laughs> and he's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> the Argama has a 33% chance of victory, but you got to factor in that he's a genetic freak and he's not normal. <laughs> so you got a 50-50 chance at best. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, the, the, so, the, the Titans cutting a promo and sending it to the Argama. Camille's just like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> the, the plan is that Yazan is going to deploy, and he has a shitload of, like, fake Marsize that deploy as, like, they're like balloons that look like Marsize. And, well, they'll, they'll appear to the, to the, because there is no radar, they'll appear to on, you know, visual... As just oh that's a shitload of Marsize that they have but they clearly don't they they've lost two consecutive battles mm-hmm. so they're like we're gonna launch this surprise attack and they put attach Jared and Mar to like two asteroids and they're gonna launch this like guerrilla attack on the Argama and the Radish and they fuck up the Argama pretty bad mm-hmm. Bod disobeys orders to protect the bridge and immediately goes to the living quarters to save Shinta and Kum which yes. gets bright bright grounds her from piloting mobile suits after that. <laughs> Uh, the Argama, like, I, I love the amount of damage the Argama takes, because you, I was even thinking right before this, I'm like, man, the AU can just kind of keep winning. Yeah, right. But I, I like the kind of the cost of it, like, wow, they're, and they're, they're set back for a while because of this battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared and Camille get into another battle, they're once again in Gavthalays. Uh, like, Emma fights like with Yazan. The Gavthalays cool and weird, but, uh, just as Camille is, is, uh, about to kill Jared... Mar like jumps in the way and dies, kind of la la style. Yeah. Where once again another another Zeta lady, <laughs> well another Tomino girl dead. Oof. Almost like almost with like like her her death was like I I I don't know. I don't know metatextually how we're supposed to uh, you interpret the framing of it, but like it was very new typey when she died. I think Jared's a new type. That sucks. That's unfortunate for Jared. No, because I think because like even even like later on, you'll see that he's using a mobile suit that's exclusively made for new types. I think Jared like is is a new type because he can like he can straight up sense Camille when he's nearby. Mm-hmm. And I think true. it's just because the way I interpret it is that he can only pick up on negative emotions. Oh my god, he's like an anti new type. <laughs> and it's just because of just his personality. That's why. Yeah, he he doesn't he. he... That's that's very true. I like I like that a lot. I like that idea of like of like you your core personality of who you are shapes what sort of new type you 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 become. Like Camille seems to be able to feel and understand people and like what their what their true intentions are. Shirako just can manipulate people. 
install himself into your mind. That's very good. There's a there's a there's there's an extremely there's an extremely emotional shonen manga pitch in this. It's like what if what if what if what if Stan I mean, what if what if JoJo stands just like helped you helped you emotionally overcome things instead of just beating the fuck out of each other. Like uh, even Amuro, Amuro's gave him like almost like a like a sixth sense and like a spidey sense, and that was just because of you know Amuro's afraid and doesn't want to die. Yeah, no, Amuro like Amuro's is extremely defensive because he's pretty much just he's pretty much just spent his life figuring out how to get people to not hit him. <laughs> Camille's is Camille's like he Camille can use his a lot similar like very similarly to how Amuro uses his abilities, mm-hmm. but I think like Camille's is even more developed like. I th- in we'll talk about this in the next episode, but I think Camille might be the most powerful new type in in the Gundam universe. But even though, because I Tomino originally wanted to kill Jared in this episode, but decided against it, and I'm glad he didn't because I like the the tragic like the I like the tragedy of it. I like the fact that Jared did kind of die here. The Jared we knew as he's just sitting there like looking at the fucking like bits that's left of Mars Gabflay. Um, Jared Mesa, the man, is gone. Jared's Jared, the the like specter of rage and hatred, is all that's left. Yeah, th- this show has like, like you know, I I, I sent you a couple of really good shots. Like th- this show has amazing cinematography. This show, Z- 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 like Zeta Gundam, is doing is doing a lot of stuff right. Like it's it's very interested in in taking its in taking its time and like pa- pausing on things, letting you like letting you. Th- letting the letting what's on screen aid the emotion of the of the characters in 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 a way that you just don't like in a way that like you know arguably was like you just didn't have the time or 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 like budget or experience as as a team and like even 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 by the late 70s you know there was still a lot of 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 stuff to work out with like uh, like the the Japanese anime industry and just like who was doing what and like you know how how trailblazing it all was how new it all was um um my one of my friends Rat she likes to talk a lot about like she watched she watched uh Lupin the Third like the first series me too I love Lupin the Th- I love her old OG Green Jacket Lupin and she she just she just made she, we were talking about that and she was like yeah it's like pretty clear and obvious when uh when Miyazaki starts directing episodes because the show like becomes a show like <laughs> there's like, a couple good episodes to begin around. Yeah, it, it was, it, it was, like, 70s, because, like, from what I understand, like, Mushi Productions was, like, the first anime company that was all adapting Tezuka work. Mm-hmm. But, and everything outside of that was kind of the Wild West. Yeah, there was no rules. No rules, just right. Like, everybody was just throwing spaghetti at the wall, and, like, there was just no, there was no one to tell them, like, you can't do that because it isn't, because that just isn't. And am I wrong about that? Hey, douchebag, send us an email, metrospective at gmail.com, um, subject he- subject header, hey, douchebag, and then tell us why how, how I'm wrong about that. Please oh, yeah, do. of course, because, like, obviously, like, hi- history is long, nothing is, nothing is truly first in anything, like, something always comes after the other, and also nothing is a monolith, there's a lot of stuff going on like in any given point in history in any place in time and context but the broad strokes of of anime as as i look over all of it on a timeline it, it, it's like i i see the growth of of that industry and how they get better and more confident at 
at telling at telling stories and 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 making the medium tell the stories better in a way that like the, the way the animation only animation can do um both east and west um because especially around around this same time you especially weren't getting this stuff in the west yet because at this point in time uh america had had gone from cinematic shorts and you know D- disney was always doing what disney always does to uh specifically for television just rerunning those shorts on television to like into the 80s where america suddenly like hey you, you know what you know what we can just use this to sell toys to, to kids and you know japan was also doing that uh, but i think the japanese creators of those shows gave more of a shit about you know what they wanted to do they gave they gave more of a shit and you know as much as we rag as much as we do rag on as much as we do rag on 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 corporate on like the corporate studio side of them they gave them way more leeway i'm sure there are people working on like transformers and gi joe and shit who like enjoyed making the cartoons but it's like if any of them actually wanted to tell a compelling story i'm sure every anybody at like i don't know nbc or whatever fucking network who's making it would be like who are you? Why are you even allowed to speak to me right now? Just make the fucking commercial. Shut up. Like, yeah. um, but, but yeah, no, Zeta is, uh, Zeta is, Zeta gets better. Zeta continues to get better every episode. Um, episode 31, Half Moon Love is one of my favorites. This is, this is a very good Sarah episode. This is like the Sarah episode. God, fucking... Remind me which which this was. I watched them all back to back. This is this is the one where Sarah get, has the fly outfit. Yes, yes. This is Sarah's episode. This is this is this is Sarah's like. This, is this one crescendo. is one of my favorites. This is a great one because uh, it starts with um, Fa is busy working on the Methus, even though she's like not allowed to pilot it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Shinta and Coom want to go explore in uh, Armstrong Plaza, which is apparently like. A park inside of Von Braun that was uh, built around where the original lunar like landing was. Oh, so it's like preserved. That's where like you know, and the entire city of Von Braun is built around it. So it's like it's like their version of Central Park, except that's where humanity went up to li- first landed on the moon. That's that's actually cool and something that that would that will probably happen should we ever colonize the moon. Um. <laughs> I'd live like, on the moon. That makes sense. I I wouldn't. I want to be further from Earth than that. I, I I feel like if I lived in the Universal Century, I would probably live in like Von Braun or Granada or like one of the moon cities. My whole thing is like if I'm gonna leave, like I I I either want everybody I dislike to leave Earth and leave me here alone, or I want to be as far away from Earth as possible. Because if I'm leaving Earth, it means I I inherit I have given up on it. And I so you're you're on Axis, is what you're saying. You're no, you're at the Jupiter Energy Fleet. That's where Dog, you are. <laughs> like fucking maybe, man. Maybe I just need to go to Jupiter. Uh, you're you're you're. <laughs> You're here at the Jupiter Energy Fleet getting hit on by Scirocco. Ew. I don't care how much of... I don't... don't, Look, look, maybe maybe this is me self-inserting myself into an OC, but I feel like I'm a new type and I wouldn't fall for his shit. (laughs) Like, uh... Man. Well, we can talk more about that later. But, uh... I've... I I mean, like, in terms of, like, you know, new type stuff. What I mean later by Char's counterattack. Oh, yeah, great. (laughs) I, uh, but this, in this episode, Chinta and Fa kind of, like, yells them, like, no, I'm busy, and, like, you guys are gonna, we're gonna have to take you off the Argama soon, because you almost died last time. <laughs> so the kids, being kids, just kind of dip and go see it anyway. Meanwhile, Sarah is infiltrating the, uh, 
the Von, is infiltrating Von Braun, placing um, where the Argama is getting repairs after they got, you know, fucked up last episode. Wong's pissed. Wong's Wong is pissed. Wong is Wong, pissed Wong that is they have pissed. to stop at all. I, he, he, he was like, can't you just keep, can't you just pull another miracle out of your ass until we win the war? And Bright's like, literally shut up. <laughs> Anytime Bright yells at Wong, it's amazing. Oh, man. So in, in this one, um, they're like, okay, they can't find Chinta and Coombe, so Fa and Camille are like, okay, well, let's go to Armstrong Plaza. We're not really needed here right now. The place is just getting repairs. And Camille has a moment where he's like, I feel four. Like, he's like, four's here. And suddenly he sees Sarah in, like, a window. And he's just like, is that fucking Sarah Zabiarov? Like, what the fuck is she doing here? Oh, man. She's it's probably up weird. to fucking something. What's the weird- is it, like, a weird coincidence that her last name has has the Zabi thing in it? I don't- know. I, I, I It's Zabiarov is I her guess is it just, like, a common, like- Space-noid name? Space-noid maybe. name? Maybe. Maybe they're, like, distant, like, distant, distant, distant cousins. Could be. But it's like, he like, tra- tracks her down in Armstrong Plaza, and he's just like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's just like, I, they have like a bit of a, bit of like a powwow, and he's just like, he's like, why are you in the fucking Titans? Like, you're like the shittiest person to be a Titan. <laughs> you, you, like, like Yazan and Jared are good Titans. What the fuck are you doing in the Titans? Why are you here? Like, why don't you, what are you doing? Be a person. You're like 15. <laughs> And he, she, he's like, "Come on, we're eating ice cream right now." And Fa's like, "What the fuck are you doing, Camille? That's it's, that's Sarah. That's the one who fucked up Cots." But like after they they eat their ice cream, Camille just looks at her. And he's just like, "All right, now you're gonna get the fuck out of here. I never want to see you again. If you come near me, I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> and then then he's like, "All right, I'm going back to the Argama." And she's like, "You shouldn't do that." He's like, "Why not?" She's like, "Cause I'm gonna put a bomb in the spaceport." <laughs> That's so honestly. That's that's so Sarah. It's, it's she's just like she's just like oh, oh well you know I I put a bomb on there but I don't want you to die. I like you so you should just stay off of there. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> and then so Camille's just like fucking excuse me. Yeah, no, like, and I bought you, I ate ice cream with you, like, he, I'm sure, like, because that would be me, of just, like, he's just, like, when does it go off? It's, like, fucking four, and he's, like, that's in 30 fucking minutes. I've been eating <laughs> ice cream with you for, like, an hour! Ah! Like... <laughs> Camille tells Fodge, he's, like, uh, so Sarah, t- turns out Sarah actually placed bombs everywhere. <laughs> Hey, you know, hey, you know that girl that I was vouching for literally five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> funny story. And I like how so she's like, "Where, where'd you plant them?" She's like, "I put them in this pipe." So Camille like tries to reach in to grab it and knocks it over down to the pipe. I love that while he's like get while he's like looking for it, he's just like, "Man, I gotta hand it to you. This is pretty fucking smart." And it's just like, Camille, you don't in fact have to hand it to her. And then, like, I my favorite bit in this entire episode is how, like, it falls and Camille, like, punches the wall. He's like, damn it! And then Sarah's like, well, you tried. I'm sorry, Camille. The thing, I guess, is the Argon has got to blow up. And she just leaves. And Camille fucking tackles her to the ground. Oh, jeez. Like, you just like Sarah, you thought he would just let you fucking leave? <laughs> Sarah just... makes a lot of assumptions. And he just like he just punches her in the stomach and knocks her out. It's just like you're a prisoner now. So they they tell the Argama, and they're like, 
Alright, the Argamas just gotta go. So they, they managed to evacuate everybody, hopefully before they die. Uh, and the Argama, without repairs being done, just ascends with a fiery inferno blowing up around it. Yeah, honestly, Thought... part of me was really, part of me was half expecting something to save them at the zero hour, but then the fucking, the whole, the, the, it just, everything just explodes, and I'm like, oh. That's the th second worst thing to happen to Von Braun this month. Yeah, jeez. Living on the moon sounds awesome, except during the Grips conflict. Because <laughs> 70% of the Grips conflict happened on the moon. <laughs> So he, like, drags Sarah aboard, and, uh, they put her in, like, a spacesuit that's, like, attached to the wall. Yeah, they just- <laughs> It's almost very, like- God, my only frame of reference is, like, fucking, like, when you get- when you get put on a hook in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She's just kind of hanging out there. She's- oh, yeah, she's just hanging out, you know? Hanging around, having a time. So the Hombrabis that, um, that Sarah- she was testing on the surface of the moon attack, and, uh- the the Argama gets hit, and then, like, because of emergency shit, the, like, suit releases and lets Sarah go. Mm-hmm. She fucking weasels her way out of another she one. She just weasels her way out of it, and, like, Fa is resigned to the fact that the fucking kids are dead. Yeah, Because she couldn't find... Yeah, and then it turns out they were just, they were hiding in the bath because, like, this, this is the last place you would think to find us because we hate baths. And it's like, have you just been running the water this whole time? There's no more hot water on the Argama. <laughs> Bright's in the other room being like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> been like a half hour. Why is it still cold? <laughs> it would be specifically bright. <laughs> Bright's like yelling at Taurus, like, are you leaving the sh sink on? And Taurus is like, dude, I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> Oh, I don't have time to do shit. I always gotta look at the radar, otherwise you yell at me. <laughs> I I can't wait till we get to double Zeta because Taurus gets ascended from like extra to like actual minor character. Good, I'm glad. There's even like two like there's like two or three Taurus specific episodes in Double Zeta. Oh sick. But yeah, that was that was a good one. The next three are fucking sick. So, without time to do repairs, the Dogas Giar, piled, uh, captained by Shirako, is on its way to meet the Guazon uh, towards Axis. Or the Guadon. It's the Guazon or the Guadon. I don't remember what Haman's ship is called. Me neither. I think of the Guadon. So, the Guadon is all is, is uh, meeting it halfway there. So, the, uh, the AU and the Argon, because the Radish, I guess, is behind. The, uh, Argama's plan is we just gotta blow up the fucking Dogas Gyar before they can get to, to um before they can fucking get to Axis before we do. <laughs> because if they uh Wong Lee is on the ship now and nobody likes him. Mm -hmm. Quattro's just like, why don't we just turn around and like get fixed? Like I mean like he's like, why do we even need to talk to Axis? Like whatever. Like maybe the Titans and Axis will hate each other, like who knows? You'd really think they would, huh? Because I think it's it's I think it's more like who is Axis going to side with in the short term? Yeah, it's just Buckwild. Like I mean, we like I think that's one of the things that like definitely I, I really want to get get into is just like like how how far the 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 well I mean I, I was gonna say like how far the Titans have 
strayed from their supposed like basically what is basically their fucking cover story well they don't need it anymore because as we saw right before Blex got assassinated, the Titans are now in complete and utter control of the Federation. Yeah, but it's it just goes it, it's just it's just ridiculous the like the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy to just yeah. show up show up as specifically not just like anti Zeon, anti Zabi. Like supposedly like i guess trying to reach across the island being like oh don't worry we understand politically that you know the zombie family gave the space noids a bad name we get it and then like you know they close the door and be like a fucking space noids they all need to fucking die um but then to be like not not only are we gonna fucking not actually care about any of that shit we're not even gonna pretend to and also we will we we will fucking like to to work with them it's just like god like truly just no no actual agenda no actual they don't actually stand for anything they don't actually have any kind of like not even necessarily morals and just like no fucking I think they just stand for complete and utter control power. of the Earth. Uh, yeah, power. That's it's what it is. It's power and subjugation of space noids. And it sounds so simple. Like, pow- like, power and subjugation for the sake of power and subjugation sounds so simple. And, like, you know, people who pay more attention to media than they do the world around them might say that that's bad writing. And it's just funny how so much quote-unquote bad writing, so many types of, like, you know... You you look at the world today and like very and like major events of the real world and why people do things and why things shake out the way they do. It would all make for a garbage non sequitur, uh, wild coincidence style storytelling if it were a work of fiction. Um, oh yeah, like the the if if you made a like a drama a political drama about the Trump administration, it would just end in non climax in like just like. Anticlimaxes and of boarded storylines. If you made if you made a spec script for a disaster film that was just the coronavirus, like you would, it would never get picked up because nobody would believe that 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 the world would react in the way that it did. Um, yeah, I, I I forget who said it. Um, I was listening to a, I was listening to a podcast uh, where the, the the guy was interviewing. Um, it was specifically a video game, like a video game uh, podcast by a prominent games journalism uh, journalist who I name escapes me at this moment but he was interviewing um uh the guy who wrote uh the guy who wrote star wars rogue one uh because Mm. he he was actually uh he he actually got his start in uh games journalism and was like a major player in pc gamer back in the day um and then smash cut today he's he fucking wrote a star wars movie it's really fucking wild life he lived but um, he said that, like, he was quoting someone else when he said, you know, so-and-so once said that, like, the only difference between real life and fiction is that fiction has to make sense. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And I, I, I would argue that fiction doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, right, that's the thing, right? It's like, yeah, no, nah, yeah, but, but we must first accept that real life doesn't, uh, as well. Um, and too many people don't accept that. Speaking of things that don't make logical sense, uh, Reko is just kind of poking her food with her straw and thinking about Shirako. Yeah, that's real bad. Bad brain worms. And, like, Char, like, tries to talk to her, because you can tell Reko definitely is into Char. 
Mm-hmm. Char is just not heterosexual enough or available enough to be that. Yeah, even Camille, even Camille can tell, which like I, I think it's a Polly has a really good laugh at him for that of just like Camille's Camille's judging Char for being oblivious to Rekko's feelings. And uh, we also see on the Dogus Giar that uh, Yazan has officially joined the Shira- te- joined Team Shirako. Yep. I, he just, I, I, I really like Yazan as just being this utterly chaotic element. Like, Sarah's low-key terrified of him. Yeah, he's really a wild, like, so much so, like, like, Shirako goes out of his way, again, probably also just to, like, to, like, uh, put himself in, put, put himself in Sarah's good graces of just, like, you know, anytime they're about, anytime, like, uh, anytime he leaves the room to go on one of his dangerous chaos missions and, like, Sarah, like, starts to go, like, Sirocco's like, no, 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 you don't need to concern yourself with that man. Like, I basically, like, I know you fucking hate him. I'm not gonna make you hang out with him. And what he's gonna do is far too brutal for somebody like you. Yeah, right. I wouldn't Just want you like, to sully oh, your hands. Eh. Oh, little character design note, Sarah has white gloves that she always wears. Neat. That might be, that might mean something. I don't know. <laughs> Who could say? It's to cover her blood-stained hands for that shuttle she blew up. Out wicked spot. <laughs> Out damn spot. Whatever that fucking line from Macbeth is. But uh, when they end up going out in a battle, uh, one thing that of note that really happens, aside from just like you know, tri- typical Zeta battles, is uh, Char has the uh, Quattro Char has the huge mega bazooka launcher already to uh Reko was acting as his as his battery essentially mm-hmm. and he ha- just like what happened when he was fighting Shirako in the masala earlier on like he's targeted at the he's targeting the masala and immediately he's like ah and just like misses mm-hmm. he, well, he's targeting the do- the whole ship and uh uh yazan and camille fight as as usual uh, for the, I think for this is the first time we see, we see Yazan and the Hambrab, and the Hambabri, or Hambrabi, and he manages to fuck up Camille a bit, like, I think he, like, destroys the wing binders on the back of the Zeta with, like, his little, like, fucking feet. Yeah, he, he, he really, he, he, he fucks up, he fucks up Zeta's back. But just in, just in a nick of time, some dramatic music, uh, cue happens, and a ton of Gaza Seas, like, descend and like open fire on uh on the Dogas Gyar and the Titans. They manage to re- the Titans have to turn around and and like even Shirako's kind of just like I didn't expect this to happen. Whoops. Which I don't think he's used to. Yeah, now nah, he hates it. And uh as as the Gaza Seas descend and surround the Argama, uh Char is just like I can feel her. She's here. Ew. <laughs> oh god, I have to Like, he even says, like, is, it, is that is that woman here? Oh man, he fucking hates her. He hates her so- you only see, like, a glimpse of Haman in this episode. But the, we're in the we're in the Axis two-parter, where Char yeah. shows that he is not the man you send to be. You send, Char is not the best diplomat by, the, by any stretch of the imagination. Oh. God, I love it. I love it a lot. Out of, out, of, out, of, out of this, was this your favorite episode out of the batch of episodes? I know how much you love Zeon. Um, 
Or just, like, not like you love Zeon, but you love, like, I think you love Zeon. Mm. They're good bad guys. I like them more than the Titans. If I had to pick working for the Titans or Zeon, I'd pick Zeon, because at least maybe, like, we could overthrow Garen and actually have a good representation of spacenoid government. Yeah, I, I feel like in terms of, I feel like in terms of joining, siding with a compromised government because you believe that, like, we can make some, we can make better progress we can make we can make better progress with this flawed government as opposed to the other flawed government. I could probably I could see going with Zeon. Um, I can't say if I realistically would. It would probably just at that point it would probably just matter. Like if I'm already if I'm already a space noid, like yeah, absolutely, it doesn't make any fucking sense for me to fucking give a shit about Earth. Uh, if I'm on Earth, I would probably just like I would probably just like hate the whole fucking thing. I would probably be very much a Camille. Of just like this whole thing fucking sucks. <laughs> I like how this episode opens, where it's just like you just see Gaza Seas all just hanging out around the the Argama with like guns pointed directly at it. Yeah, they're not fucking around. I I, I and I and I just love like ah, oh, that's the other thing, right? Because it's like their their whole like the 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 whole fake mission was like we're stomping out any last uh, any last like remnants of Zeon and then it's like you know as the as Axis approaches like they get the little the little explication explanation of where they've been and it's just like oh yeah after the war the federation actually just completely stopped caring about space <laughs> it's just like so what are we fucking actually doing <laughs> and i think and Chirago knows this is all complete and utter horseshit yeah God, it's... but but they they get to the they get to the Guadon and um, Haman like flips her hair and makes her presence known. They go into this like big ass hall and Wong is like, "Take us to like who's your representative?" And Haman's just like, "Behold, the legitimate heir of all space noids, Mineva Lausabi." <laughs> and it's this like fucking baby child who's baby sitting on the Sam. throne. She's created here. from Dazzle Zabi's very loins. Oh boy! And I think, um, I think our friend Arcade he put it really well that uh, Char's entire strategy was to act like a uh, Char's entire Char proceeded to just act like a wild fucking animal. <laughs> Just like staring down this baby to test her metal, I guess, just to see how, exactly how full of shit she really was. Just like getting really super close and uncomfortable, and being like, "No, go on. No, what were you saying? It's totally what, like, this is normal." He's pissed. He's pissed that Maneva's even here because it's just like you will literally only put Maneva in power so that you can be in power. Come on. Yeah. No. That he's not. Like honestly. Like I do, like. You can really interpret this as him shitting the bed. Lord knows the entire Argama thinks the charges shit the bed here. <laughs> but like, dog, I get it. Like, because because I I get that way too. It's like you know, like all you know, especially things that are so heated politically. Like even when the stakes are high, you do have to still like play the game to some extent. You need to like. You need to be part of the show. You need to play the game. You need to do all the shit. Like, you, even though it's literally like lives are on the line, planets and colonies are on the line. It's like this is the most important shit anybody's ever doing. But we still have to act like this is just like a fucking business meeting. And like, but as soon as he sees Mane Maneva, he's like, 
Oh, no, 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 mm-mm. no, you broke the rules, we're not doing this, I'm not doing this shit anymore, I don't want to do this anymore, you suck, and I fucking want all of this to stop right now, like, we all need to come to our senses and realize what's going on, people, like, I played with this baby. How hype were you to see that everybody was still decked out in 0079Z on uniforms and everything in the spacesuits? I, I, it's just so... It's so good. It's so much fan service for 0079. Um, like, yeah. like it was like seeing Garma and Char and Zeon spacesuits in Origin. I, I, I honestly didn't really take in the full, the full Zeon fanfare because I was like fucking way too busy simping for Hamon. Like, I, I don't blame you. I don't really give a fuck about anything else. Like, and <laughs> plus, like. Uh, like while like while Zeon was still actually in power, there there was always still that air of 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 just like yeah, you know that you know that there's a lot of there's a lot of bad shit going on, especially obviously with the Zabi family behind the wheel. Like everything that they're doing is compromised, but like there was arguments to be made. This this Zeon, I feel, is just like like no like. They they don't like they don't want to admit that they lost, and they're very much clinging to shit that's long dead. Whether or not you agree that it should have died, it's like, yeah, no, I I I I don't see Zeon. I I don't see the the Zeon that endeared me in Double Seventy Nine. I very much just see like the the sad remnants of like z- z- like the the, the Zabi like, or aristocracy, which was, like, my least favorite part of Xeon. So, like, I really don't give a fuck about these people. This is, this is a very, this is a different, this is Axis Xeon. Yeah. This is a, this is a new faction uh, in itself. And one thing I wish Double Zeta went into more was how much of, uh, how, like, because, as you'll see in Double Zeta, all of Haman's, like, commanders and lieutenants, for the most part, mm-hmm. with some notable exceptions, are, like, worship Haman. It is a literal cult of personality of Haman Karn. Like, the, it has the the visage of the Zabi family, because I don't really think even Haman gives a shit about the Zabi family. Oh no, of course. Haman is, Haman is the one there that gives, like, Haman arguably, like, the only per, the only person that close, that, that high up in, in Zeon who hates the Zabis as much as her was arguably Char. Yeah. I I I, th- I don't think she hates the zombies. I think she's just completely and utterly apathetic to their existence. Y- yeah, no, just like fuck. Th- like, what what can she I? She might get, be endeared to Mineva specifically. Like, I don't. I because I think I don't think even though Haman is definitely mistreating and like manipulating Mineva, I do think she genuinely does feel some level of compassion for Mineva. But this is like in on some level, at least I think so, just based on a couple of their interactions. Is this like a fucking Rick and Morty style relationship? I, I don't know if, if Haman's even thought about it that much. Axis Zeon is very much Haman's Zeon. It's not the zombie Zeon. Right. It, hence why she is Zeon's ghost. Zeon is dead. Because, like, Mineva starts saying, like, Oh, hi, it is me, Mineva Zabi. I am legitimate. I'll, I will unite all space noids under my command and will overthrow the evil federation and have pr- true justice for all space noids. And come, Char, I remember playing with you as a kid. Let's, together, we shall reinstate the Zabi family. 
and and Char just like approaches this child and goes like, "You remember that from when you were two years old?" Called out. <laughs> yeah, and that's when he loses his shit, and they all get thrown in the brig, and it's pretty. It's pretty much just like, "Thanks, Char." Asshole. He stomps over to Haman and like grabs her by the collar and starts like screaming at her. Right, because like that, like that, like he's that, like he, like he's he's that familiar with her. I'm extremely interested in like Char leading up to the events of Zeta. There's a whole manga about it. God, that I have mixed feelings about. Char's deleted affair. Sounds great. Lo- love mixed feelings. There's there's stuff to like about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, we it's all translated too. We can do an episode on it. Fuck yeah! When we start, when we get through the major core Gundam work, we can start doing manga. All right, can't wait. Cause it like it shows that Hama, it, like the the parts of it that I like are are a lot of stuff that has to do with Haman psychologically. Same. I already. I'm I'm already agreeing with you, and I don't even I haven't even read it. And like in deleted affair for like because it's it's it picks up like immediately after the end of 0079 and ends pretty much right at the beginning of Zeta. Oh, nice. And so it's like uh, Haman is kind of like a moe blob at first because she's like fourteen and doesn't know anything, and she's lived on Axis her entire life away from everything. Oh, jeez. But then the plot has to come to her, and it, it it's it's it, it stuff gets bad, and it's all about like inner politics of Axis Zeon and like. Her kind of creating the cult of personality around herself, and I, I, and I mean that's her greatest, her greatest, you know, asset is that she has an army of simp's. I, I do me... think as much as I, I, I do think as much as I say that I don't like, yeah, I don't know, I, I might find myself there. <laughs> I mean, there's that like there, what, that, what was that joke? It was just like. Zeon soldiers be like for the glory of Zo- for the glory of the Zabi family, and it's just like Axis soldiers be like for Lady Haman's feet. <laughs> no, ah! <laughs> that was that was that was a tweet. You're right. <laughs> so it's very much, but they got all thrown in jail, and <laughs> I love their way of escaping. Yeah, Camille, fight me. Camille, fight me. I feel like if we did Zeta abridged, we'd have to just have Camille just going way over the line and roasting Char. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> in the show, Camille's just like, Char's a coward. I don't think he should be part of the AUG anymore. We should kick him out. <laughs> God, yeah. Like, like he says something that cross. He says something that crosses the line, and Char just like hit, like point, like gets one real good one in for real. <laughs> And like when 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 bright when like when bright asks like like come like when they figure out that like it was all part of the plan like come here were you in on this and just like <laughs> just like you like got the wind completely not got you'll never own up to the fact that you actually loved Garbazabi. It <laughs> <laughs> just gets the shit kicked out of him. Oh my god! I think that's funny. Yeah, no, that's. I like how they they manage to get the door open, but like they don't escape as a team. Char just goes out on like a fucking rampage. Oh man, yeah, no. Char is Char is just Brock Sampsoning his way through this ship, <laughs> and uh, he quarters Haman with a gun, and he's just like, she's like, so Char, you're this is it, you're betraying us. <laughs> he just says, I've never betrayed anyone in my whole life. <laughs> Say the line, Bart. <laughs> I've never once betrayed anybody in my entire life. Yeah. 
this episode rules, and then they have they proceed to shoot their way out of the ship. It's so it's so wild seeing like Camille in a in a fucking Zeon spacesuit. Yeah, no, they're all they're all decked out in Zeon in Zeon normal suits, and I'm just like, that's fucking great. I love it. They managed to get back to the Argama, but like, I love as seeing Char as... in one again. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah wait, yeah. that's normal. As soon as they get back in, as soon as they get back to the Argama, um, the the fucking like that awesome Titans music, like the the. In like the base and all that, where it mm-hmm. starts like uh, Yazan and his two fucking wingmen, Dunkel and Ramses. I know their whole names too. It's Dunkel Cooper and Ramses Hassa. That's real good. Those are some good ass Tomino names. And speaking of good ass Tomino names, we have another iTunes review. Oh yeah, it is from a uh, books a uh, Brooks Bonwich, which is a very much a Tomino name. So congratulations, Brooks, you have a Tomino name. Nice. Uh, love it. I discovered this podcast while searching for a podcast about space runaway Edeon. Honestly, after starting with the first episode of the MSG trilogy, I did not really click with Tuch and Devon, spelled with an I instead of an O. That being said, the Edeon episodes were recorded for years after the first episode, and a lot changed between them and now. Between then and now. Tuch and Devon, but once again spelled incorrectly... Both both come across quite a bit more charismatic in the newer episodes and have a lot of interesting things to say about those old anime gems. I plan on watching Armor Trooper Votoms after I finish Brain Powered, solely because of their repeated suggestion to do so. I'll be looking forward to seeing where the podcast goes from here. Tomino bless you both. Thank that is you. a very that is that is such a nice review that I am willing I am willing to forgive you for misspelling my name. I'm willing to forgive you for watching Brain Powered. <laughs> we'll do Brain Powered one day. Oh boy. I, I can't wait for for Tooch to to like have the moment where you're like, does does Tomino really know what he's doing? Oh, uh, I I Honestly, already listen listen. I am don't get it twisted as much as I as much as I love the best of this man's work. I know that he isn't perfect. I mean, this is we're talking about the man who also made Garzy's wing. Yeah, somehow. Somehow. <laughs> I, I I I am very actually cons- I'm very curious about the production history of Garzy's wing uh they so but once they get back it's a very de- it's a very desperate battle against the titans yazan uh manages to almost destroy the fucking uh zeta but luckily they're saved by the by the radish with uh good old emma and Kotz. i i i do appreciate that yazan is consistently just that good um, like, there's so many other, there's so many other people who have legitimate motivations for, for wanting Zeta Gundam destroyed and Camille dead, but Yazan's just like, I'm a crazy fucker and I'll kill whatever's in front of me, <laughs> bitch, I don't care, I'll kill you. What the fuck's yeah, a Gundam? I don't give a shit. My, well, that reminds me of one of my favorite George Carlin jokes. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, you know, they always say it's the quiet ones you gotta watch. But I always say, you gotta watch out for the loud ones. <laughs> You'll be watching some guy reading in the back of the bar when there's a guy up front with a machete slamming it against the bar saying, I'll kill the next motherfucker that walks in here! <laughs> <laughs> That's Yazan. <laughs> um, I'll kill the next motherfucker that launches off that ship. Yeah, no, it's like like it's that meme of just like out of out of your friends, which one are you? It's like truck freak, crazy ass, laid back, and the fighter. He's crazy ass. It's <laughs> <laughs> real. Why am I laughing so hard? <laughs> I love Yazan. Uh, the next episode was Space Call. Mm-hmm. 
This is once again another Rekawa episode. Emma and uh, Emma and Hankin are pretty cute in this episode, where they're kind of like fl- like Emma actually is flirting a bit with Hankin, mm-hmm. where she's just like, "You don't want to be too busy that you can't have a date." And I was like, "Oh, that's cute." Like Emma, Emma's warming up to Hankin a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, it's, it is a very slow burn, it is a very slow burn relationship, which I appreciate, um, I, you know, if, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have, like, if you're gonna have a hetero ship, like, just make it, make it take some amount of fucking time, like, please just, like, let these people grow into something instead of just deciding that they're gonna fuck now and just, I have to just accept it, um... (laughs) It's it's fine. I I can I continue to enjoy them. They continue to be cute. Uh, this is the episode where where Wong is just yelling at everybody the entire time. Mm-hmm. Wong is just being a shithead, and Astonaj is giving busting Camille's chops. Rekko got sh- fucking shot by Hamad in the last episode, yes. so Rekko is like in the hospital, and uh, he and like Camille's giving Quattro shit that he hasn't like seen Rekko since they got back to the ship. Mm-hmm. And, like, Rekko is still on her shit. She's still very much the way she was before they went to Axis. Yeah, fucking punish And, like, Fob not quite getting it, like, as, like helps her sneak out of the medical wing. Because Fa is just like, yeah, I want, I want to help out. And then, like, Rekko, like, explains her backstory to Fa. Where she was just like, yeah, I was, like, I, I was, like, a gorilla, like, warfighter and like they show this like flashback of just like explosions and like surrounded by like mountains of the corpses of her comrades yeah and i honestly i didn't even consider that of like the like the the gorilla like the 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 gorilla fighting in the one year war that like i guess wasn't really technically super affiliated with with anybody like you briefly saw them in eighth ms team like at least in southeast asia Mm -hmm. and like tam ray you know, mentions them that, oh, there's people as young as my son fighting as gorillas. Fuck so that. that makes sense. That's Rekko would have been like Amaro's age in the one year war. Yeah. And like also in in this episode, Rekoa like got rid of all of her plants in her in her because that was like the only thing Rekko would do is like fucking water her plants. And even, like, so it's like, Rekko is completely checked out of everything right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking sad. She just has, a, <laughs> she just allows herself a cactus. That's, that's all I'm allowed to have. That's the only thing I'm allowed to give a shit about. Ugh. You hate to see it. And also, like, it, it, it hit me in, like, the, it, it hit me in, like, the, the, the previous fucking mission when 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 char was just like oh you're gonna you're gonna be in the well, or is this is this the mission where she's in the gelgu powering char's big gun that was uh the last time yeah I, I, I think she's in the methus in this one instead of the gelgu right but it, it just struck me as just like wow like because i feel like either like either char doesn't get it or char is also oblivious because it's just like man you're just like and you're enabling her she just got out of a suit she just got out of a super fucking dangerous mission and you're sending her on another one you're even saying to her like this is going to be a dangerous one it's like yeah of course it is it's why you're coming to her it's like it's it's just really it's this really fucked up thing where she's really good at risking her fucking life and so they rely on her to do that 
And so uh, the, the the Argama's main goal right now is because now that they have the Radish kind of in their same vicinity to back them up, the Argama's still fucked up and they've taken losses uh, against, you know, the two repeated battles with the Dogus Gyar. Dogus, and uh, that's what we forgot. At the end of the Axis episode, guess who shows up and bows right before Maneva Zabi? Shirako. Did, did you see Haman's line there? I, that, that, that's in my folder. That's in my Haman folder because it's a very good line. She fucking looks at him and says, she fucking looks at him and, and says, the world also has clowns like this man. Like, she sees through him immediately. Oh, I, st- I have no choice but to stand. Haman is like, she's one of my favorite characters in Gundam. She hates, so you can't... She hates Shiraka. We have no choice but to stand. Unlike Space Battleship Yamato, can you see that there is an abundance of female characters in this show? Yeah, nah, it's good. It's good. But, uh, they're trying to get to the Lavian Rose. Do you remember the Lavian Rose that showed up in, uh, Eighth Amendment, in, um, War- in, uh, Stardust Memory? Uh, yeah, I, vaguely, yeah, I do. Uh, I like it's, I, it's, it's all shaped all weird like that. <laughs> yeah, it was where, that was where Ko, uh, stole the, the huge Dendrobium Orcus from. Ah. Yeah, I made a cameo in that, cause it's, uh, it's just a big Anaheim repair ship. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Yazan, once again, launches another attack. And, uh, during this battle, though, Rekoa gets, like, pretty much devastated and, this is what we're talking about with the weird shit with Yazan, is, uh, she just kind of stops fighting him, and he's like, uh, do I kill you? What? Like, Yazan's not, like, a serial killer. He just, he, he's like, he's like a fucked up hunter. Yeah. Yeah, like, and his, his prey is basically just, like, playing dead, and he just isn't sure how to respond. And so he, like, bear hugs the thing to death, and then Rekoa just gets out of the mobile suit. They have, like, a weird moment where she's sensing Shirako through Yazan and thinks Shirako's piloting that mobile suit, I think. And so she gets out, and then the Methus explodes, and uh, Yazan just kind of grabs her, like, oh, I-, I guess I'll take this, and he just, like, leaves. Yeah, and then and then everybody and then everybody in the AU thinks she's dead because her suit exploded. Yeah, everybody in the A- there's no body and everybody thinks she's dead. She hasn't made any contact with them, saying, hey, I'm floating out here. And as far as I know, that's the last we see her in this batch of episodes. That's the last we see of Rekko in this batch of episodes, yeah. You'll be, uh, if you look at the name of episode 38, you'll see what, what arc we're, we're running into. But, uh, oh, that's fuck. for... Great, good. That's for the... That's, that's for later. So, uh, the... Camille, like, the first thing he does is he just, like, stomps into Quattro's room and fucking decks him. Like, Fa is weeping because she feels responsible because she helped Rekoa escape, and Camille's like, no, this isn't your fault, like, no, Rekoa this, this knew what she was doing. No, this isn't your fault. It's ridiculous to blame somebody for her own actions. She's an adult. This is Char's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame yourself, this is Char's fault. Uh, I, I do like that Camille's not afraid to punch, like, one of the most... I, I don't know, the idea that 
the main character of this just decks one of the most famous anime characters of all time is yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, because because that that's the main thing. It's like everybody knew, everybody suspected it was like it was like an unspoken secret. It was like an unspoken. It was like an open secret. Um, but as soon, but but like as soon as as soon as Quattro walks up to uh Maneva, she just like outs him right then and there. It's like, oh yeah, I knew it. You're Char Astable, and like everybody just has a moment of like, yeah, fuck. She said the quiet part loud. We all have to fucking reckon with that now. Like, and even Camille, like I like how Camille kind of addresses that in a couple episodes from there from now. Because mm-hmm. we have the uh, we, then we have episode thirty five, Storm Over Kilimanjaro, where everyone's kind of just twiddling their thumbs at the moment as the Argama's getting fixed at the Lavian Rose. Like, the kids break Haro, and Camille's kind of being an asshole to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, he yells at the kids and makes them cry, and then he, like, he, like, yells at Fa, and he yells at Astonage, and everyone's just like, damn, Camille, I, I know you're, like, upset, we're all upset, but, like, Camille, you're being an asshole right now. <laughs> like, this isn't help, this isn't gonna bring Rekoa back, you being a dick to everyone. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they they get they they get uh, contact from Karaba again, and uh, apparently Karaba right now have you know unified their forces across Earth and are launching an attack on one of the uh, Titans Earthside bases, which was uh, atop Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, why not? Because why not? So uh, apparently they need some help from you know. Uh, because I think either the Titans are going to give them, like, space reinforcements, and their job is to intercept the reinforcements, or to just, like, give them help from orbit if they need it. Mm-hmm. Camille immediately gets, when he, in the briefing, just starts talking about four, like, oh god, I gotta go back to Earth, where I'm at four, where he kind of has, like, an opposite effect, where Amaro's too scared to go into space, because he's afraid he's gonna see Lala. <laughs> Which is funny because he does actually see four. Yeah. Yep. Did you expect to see four come back at all? Yeah, I did. Like she's in the fucking opening. In the compilation movies, they just they never go back to Earth. They just fucking she just dies in the second movie when she gets shot. Wow! Every time you just, tell me something about these movies, I'm just more and more disappointed in them. There should have been four of them. Has my com- biggest gripe. They're not. They're not. The Zeta movies are fine. It's like if you want to experience Zeta in like five hours you'll be like oh this is a part of zeta i remember i wish i was watching zeta gundam go through like go through the extra effort to like recut them into five movies which would end up changing like you'd have to because you'd eventually you'd eventually you'd have to end up creating three technically new films because they stop at start at different places and like they also redub like half the cast oh no like fa and four have different voice actresses like then there's all the new 2009 animation. Yeah, that that look that looks so bad. Like, I if I was gonna have to make Zeta compilation movies, I'd have to make them from scratch with just footage from the show. Yeah, yeah. Like, there the the best thing about Zeta is watching some of the best scenes in Zeta getting reanimated. Like the whole scene where Amuro like crashes the the plane into the Asimar. Mm-hmm. That entire scene is reanimated. Mm-hmm. And that's how the first movie ends, which is where you'd end the first movie, honestly. Right. That's where we ended our first part. And I would, and yeah, so I wish there was more movies. Apparently, there was only there was supposed to be four of the Double uh, O Seventy Nine movies. Oh. And they were going to cut out Miharu. Oh. Which sucks. They should have. They, they don't do that. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, right. Don't don't cut Miharu. It's one of the best episodes of Double O Seventy Nine. Fuck yeah. 
Or Kai gets a girlfriend. Kai gets a girlfriend. So, uh, Yazan is excited that he's leading a new... He's still in his Hammurabi with Dunkle and Ramses, because I love them, because their names are Dunkle and Ramses. Very good. Uh, and he has a whole legion of Barzoms, and, uh... He just starts kind of styling on Camille and uh, and Quattro, but Quattro gets damaged and gets, like, shot deeper into the atmosphere. And it starts getting pulled in by gravity, and so Camille's like, okay, Char's about to fucking die. So he turns into a wave rider, which can actually, like, enter and exit exit the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So he, like, kind of like how how Camille entered the first time on the flying armor, which was a prototype for the wave rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he kind of acts as that for Char, so that Char doesn't, like, burn to death in the atmosphere. Honestly, and then, like, the the way that they just sort of, like, as they were landing, the way that they just sort of go with it and decide that they're doing this now and, like, infiltrating Kilimanjaro, like, part of me was waiting for Char to be like, all right, and that was our secret plan all along that we didn't even pretend to know about so that no <laughs> one would find out. Well, I mean, it's just, like, they... I think it's a matter of, like, well, we might as well, because yeah. to get back into space, they would need to find a fucking, like, booster or, like, a rocket. Yeah, right? I'm just like, God, like, that's... I just thought that was funny. I'm just like, well, shit. Oh, well. Let's go meet up with Krava. Uh, yeah. We see Hayato and uh, Amuro again. Amuro with his DJ, which fucking rules. Fuck yeah. Uh, did you expect to see Amuro again? Um, I did, like, I did just because it's Amuro, and, it, and, like, we didn't really have, like, a like a sad, like I, I, I trust this show to 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 give. If if we're never gonna see a character again, I trust this show to give them a proper send off. And like I feel like we didn't get that. Like with Frau, yeah. Um. So so yeah. No, nah, I I was waiting for him. I'm glad my boy's back. And so uh, they get down there, and pretty much one of the first things that uh, Amaro notices on on you know on the ground, and Camille sees it, is the Psycho Gundam is here. Mm-hmm. And Camille's, like, 100% sure that it's four, and he's right. Uh, they find a reservoir uh, of, like, fresh water for, I guess, that's used by the base. Okay. And Char's like, Camille, stay here. I'm gonna go Metal Gear my way inside. And Camille's like, just follows him. <laughs> Char's like, I needed you to wash the mobile suits. And Camille's just like, no. <laughs> Pretty much. That's just, that's, that's just like, No. Um, I, I'm the main character. I'm going with you. <laughs> this is what is this? Mobile Suit Gundam Char's counterattack? No. <laughs> um. But Camille's very torn up at the prospect that Four might be alive, and as the Psycho Gundam is flying, is flying around. Yeah, and, and honestly, I feel like that's. I, I feel like Char is cognizant of. Of that, like, Char, like Char and uh, like Char and Amro, like their entire opinion on on Camille and his relationship before, and like this is all very bad, and it's it it happens to us, and it's gonna happen to him, and this sucks. And Quattro's like trying to like advise him, but he knows that he's not gonna listen, so he's only half trying. Yeah, it it really is like like and honestly, I've like I've been there. I am very much also of 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 the mindset with with some things in life that it's like sometimes you just have to be young and stupid and make mistakes um and it's like you know there's 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 being told something and then there's learning something and learning something is very different um no matter how many times you're told 
And I think Char, like, Char knows that, Char gets that, so Char's just like, well, uh, buckle up, because this is gonna suck for you. Because I think even, like, the, 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 he almost tries to have an argument with him, and just, like, at one point, it's just like, um, uh, uh, I'm just like, like, Camille, we have to go, this is, like, this is a war we have to fight, and it's like, oh, so you just expect me to fight four? It's like, 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 no, if you killed four, that would also be bad. Like, <laughs> like, there's, there's no, there's no good outcome, Camille, we're just doing our best. That's one of my favorite lines in the entire series. It's probably my favorite Camille line. Is like for this is from next episode, but like it's where Quattro's like Camille, this is a war, and Camille's like, but I'm a human being. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know that line is so good. Yeah, that 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 encapsulates Camille's whole shtick for sure. But but I'm a person. As, as they're running through the halls of the base, they they just Yamatov just shows up. He was observing four getting like brain screamed because she's remotely controlling the psycho gundam now oh god and like yamatov's like she's clearly screaming in pain this is not enough she she needs to be wailing and howling in pain and uh as he leaves quattro's like fucking yamatov and he like just fires a gun kills the guy next to yamatov and yamatov just fucking books it and locks them in a room with four but Four is so brainwashed, she doesn't even recognize Camille. She's just like, not even acknowledging any of the situation that's going on around her. Yeah, she's... Uh, uh, she very much has two states of being um, at, at this at this point. Like, she is, you know, it's like a... Con- she's been she's been conditioned. It's it's like almost like some form of hypnosis of just like, you know, this, this, is, her, this is her battle state. And, uh... They managed to, uh, like, they managed to rendezvous with Amuro, and, uh, the battle kind of reaches a stalemate, and they, they, they go back to, like, Karaba's, like, war camp. Where, like, is pretty cool about just, like, fucking giving Quattro complete and utter control of the battlefield. I mean, like, fuck, hey, when Chiasimus hey, shows up, uh, you use him. I, I I like I like the way they look with like they got the fucking coats on and the mugs, yeah. drinking coffee, doing some winter war shit. They're about to they're about to defend the motherland from invading Nazis. <laughs> and Camille's just like Camille's just like so. Why are you worried about like Quattro's like I'm worried about you. He was like why? He's like because you're not gonna fight like to the best of your abilities. He's like should I? So what? We should have killed four. And he's like no, that also would have fucked you up. There's no yeah, there's no right answer yeah, here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And he's just like, you probably think you can, like, convince Four to, like, join the AUG, and then you'll have, like, a nice, you'll have a nice shonen manga-esque love triangle between you, Four, and Fa. Fa, and you think it'll all end cool with you having two girlfriends, and it's not, one of them's gonna die, and you're gonna hold that in you with you forever. And Camille's like, damn, that's, like, really specific. <laughs> what do you think this is, Iron-Blooded Orphans? And so Camille, I think on just on his own, decides fuck it and just infiltrates Kilimanjaro again. <laughs> well, I did because he once. shows up. He shows up on one of the, on like one of those like robot hang glider things. Oh man! And he's dressed in like a Titan's coat, and he finds four in in the hallway, and she like comes like she detects him this time and comes like running to him. And I, I like that. I like how they how they how she finds him. She's just like freeze intruder. And he turns around, and she's like, bang, with, like, a finger gun. Aww. And they, like, embrace. 
And it's like, it's nice. I'm like, I'm glad Camille has this moment. He just is able to be again. But Four is just, like, not herself. Like, she's, like, very, like, ha- like she's, she's is Four. She remembers Camille and says, she, like, oh, I only remembered you. I could I didn't remember you until, like, a minute ago. Yeah, like she, her, she, she's very much like sp- split. She, she, she is, she is like in, she's either in like cold, emotionless like pilot mode of just like obedience, or she's in this like extremely like almost like manic, like almost like manic, like nothing is wrong, like obliviousness. Um, like she, she's like walking in a dream. She like is barely there. Yeah, and it's just like both, like but like at first glance, it seems like oh, okay, Camille's like uh, four is like four is better at this when she's like this, but it's like no, both are bad, and she's very much like uh, not doing good. And you can just see in Camille's body language that he's like simultaneously like really like happy to see her again, but he's also like deeply kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Because she's, like, not acting like a person. She's not there. Like, Four is is not there at all. And he, like, he asks her, like, did you ever find out what your real name is? And she just, like, starts freaking out, yeah. and her head, like, starts, like, hurting. Yeah, she basically, like, has a small anxiety attack and then ignores it. And then, like, she tries to take some medicine and her head is, is flipping out. And then in the meanwhile, like, the next room, Jared's, like, getting yelled at for, like, you can't walk on your leg yet. As we approach final Jared... <laughs> Venom Jared. Venom Jared. Punished Venom Jared. My, I like how when he takes four to the infirmary, Namakar Cornell, like, recognizes Camille immediately. <laughs> He's like, she, help, four needs, like, four needs help. And she's like, wait, you're fucking Camille Badon. What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Camille's just like, oh shit, you, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. But, uh, he manages to, like, escape with, with four, uh, while the battle rages on outside, and, uh, but as the, as they, es- Camille, um, uh, Quattro and Amaro, um, are, are, are working together outside while Jared tr- chases fucking, like, four and Camille with, like, a jeep, and he's like, gotcha, Camille, like, you, ah, is that, is that your girlfriend? Well, maybe you'll like it if I can kill your fucking girlfriend, asshole. You fucking, you fucking piece of shit, Camille. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you like that, you fucking little fucking bitch baby, Camille? How do you fucking like that shit? Hey, Camille, you know what would be cool? If I killed your fucking girlfriend right now. And then Camille grabs him and throws him off of a fucking cliff. <laughs> Which is a great gift, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, like, I every time I saw that gif, I assumed that that was a spoiler, and that's how he died. <laughs> like, I for real have spent my, like, our whole friendship assuming that. That's how Jared Mesa dies? I thought that's, that's like, great. that's what he deserves! <laughs> he needs to get thrown in the fucking garbage off of a fucking mountain. I mean, I can't... <laughs> Fucking get like he just got yeeted off of Kilimanjaro. <laughs> by some but he still manages to climb back and get into a goddamn bjar- uh, like fucking Bjarland. I like it like an unfinished Bjarland. As Yamatov is deciding, I'm getting I'm leaving to space and gets into a rocket, which they fail to stop mm-hmm. because four gets into the Psycho Gundam again because she goes into Psycho Gundam kill mode and prevents Amaro and Char from getting a clear shot at it to you know kill the leader of the Titans. I, I, I do love how 
like earnestly unsettling the Psycho Gundam is in these two episodes. Oh yeah, the Psycho Gundam is scary in this ep- in these episodes. And Camille reluctantly gets in the Zeta so that he can like fight for. I I actually kind of like Camille's look, even though he has like a Titan's coat. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a good look, Camille. Just take off the Titan's patch, right? <laughs> um, it, it's kind of becomes like a repeat of their previous fight, where like Camille grabs onto her, tries to get into the cockpit to talk to her, and she's like flipping back and forth between the two personalities, mm-hmm. between like. And she's like, a part of the four he knew starts coming out again. When, when she, like, summons the Psycho Gundam and she's, like, covered in, like, blue Dragon Ball Z aura, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that I was just like, oh, okay, so this is just, like, this is where we're at now. This is different. Um, this is, this is new, this is, uh, new type. Because then it, it's revealed, um, by her doctor or whatever. Well, not only that, like, one, yes, I was right. Like, obviously you can't just give memories yeah. back that's oh that was a horseshit i forgot lie. that they, they that they straight up confirmed that i forgot like i thought they just kind of left that unanswered but i completely i've completely forgot that they they straight up say that and uh and also they said that like oh no we the the you know the four project essentially isn't just another cyber new type project we are trying to we are trying to artificially create true new types and that's yeah. what four is um, and sh- at the expense of Four's entire being. Yeah, no, nah, like, like, like Camille pretty much tell Camille, Camille pretty much tells them like, hey, like you, we can't just you can't just fucking do that. We can't play God like that. Like that's you can't for you can't force that on people. And then like Camille manages to like get into her head and like unlock Four's like true nature. I think, mm-hmm. which is represented by her and her outfit from when they were in Hong Kong. Yeah. With, like, the purple shawl. But then, like, seconds later, Jared shows up and with a beam saber and very much in exactly la-la circumstances, Four takes the hit for him. And, uh, miraculously doesn't get burnied. Like, the beam saber took, like, a direct hit to the fucking... Like, like Jared hit the... Like, disintegrated the cock... Like, the whole head of the Psycho Gundam. Mm-hmm. But Four's body's completely intact, which is like, Bernie got a raw deal. <laughs> Yeah. More like a cooked deal. Right. Ah, a medium rare deal. <laughs> medium rare deal. Oh, no. But miraculously, Four's body is, like, unharmed. But she dies in Camille's arms. And he just... I, I don't think Camille's cried this hard since his mom died. Yeah. And, like, like, and then Char and Amuro are just like, well, it happened again. <laughs> this shit keeps happening. And I, like... It it, it, it it keeps happening. I told you about the love interests. I told I told you about I told you about the. Uh, I told I, to, I told you about Earth's gravity, bro. <laughs> I told you about Earth's gravity, bro. But I I love that I keep being weighed down by Earth's gravity down all these <laughs> stairs. <laughs> uh, my my favorite part of that episode though is how like. Camille, while holding Four's dead body like Space Battleship Yamato style, <laughs> stares Quattro in the face and just says, I'm never calling you Lieutenant Quattro ever again. <laughs> you have no choice but to be Char now. And then Char's just like, damn, you're right. <laughs> Takes off his sunglasses, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really want some random, like, random AU, like, no one ensign to just, like, be next to him and be like, wait, what? <laughs> 
Sumi will add that and say it abridged. <laughs> hey, Just wait cut a... in the background. Hey, wait a sec. What? <laughs> Well, no, we we need to pick a reoccurring character who just never knows and, like, never catches on. Like, fucking, like, nobody told Apolly. <laughs> nobody told him. <laughs> that wouldn't make sense, though, because of Charles deleted a fairy, if you consider that canon, though. Oh, okay. Because I think Apolly, I think Apolly left access with Char. Oh, alright. Alright, damn, Apolly, you're cool. We'll find someone. Yeah. Even if we need to just, like, C-Lab somebody in. <laughs> Just C-Lab a member of the fucking solo ship in the background. <laughs> it's just Jolliver. <laughs> Jolliver's just like, wait, what? Oh man. We need to put we, no, we, need, more to, we need to put we need to put we need to put a job on the Arkama. <laughs> what did, what happened to John Job? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. He he is also somewhere on a beach sipping tropical beverages. Hopefully, I hope that's well. According, I hope that's what every to... living character who is no longer in the franchise is. Well, John Job, I know so at least because he, he's he's not on like the shuttle at the end of 0079. Mm-hmm. So I guess he was just on a different one mm-hmm. to, that didn't welcome Amuro over because Oscar and Marker weren't there either. Who were like the two um the two like. Guy, essentially Taurus and Saigusa who of 0079, but with less personality. Right. They would just tell bright mobile suits were coming from above, and they had like a different voice actor every episode. Because <laughs> just one person would be like, Oscar and Mark and Marker say need to say something. <laughs> who 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 doesn't have a lot of lines this episode? Which I'm pretty sure is how they did it. But uh. Now we have we have the uh, the grand finale of this of uh, the namesake for part three, the day of Dakar. This episode fucking ruled. Yeah, honestly, the- after that, like after after episode thirty six, I was like, oh, huh, like Devin said, episode thirty seven, but like this feels like a stopping point. And then I realized what episode this was, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I wanted to stop on this one. It's an important one. It, it it is it this is uh this one I feel like this has a lot of clo- this is like a lot of closure for the Earth arc as well mm-hmm. like this wraps up Amaro's arc in Zeta because we don't see him again after this oh fuck in Zeta uh and then we, this wraps and like as I I I will get to it in a, in a bit but like uh, Jared I guess just has command of a plane yeah they they gave him the Sudori too. They pr- they pried it from Ben Waters' cold dead hands. <laughs> but I mean, Jared. This is barely even Jared anymore, especially in this episode. Jared is like full on like absolute dickhead. Yeah, no, he he's just out for blood. And so so the whole plan at this time is that okay, after we've crushed the Titans at Kilimanjaro, Yamatov escaped, but we are now going straight to Dakar. Uh, to the Federation Assembly of all their politicians, and we're gonna make a huge broadcast in front of the fucking world. Amuro's worried about Camille, and Camille is pretty fucked up, but he says, listen, I'd rather be, like, doing something than, like, just sitting here wallowing in misery. Mm-hmm. At least Fa's alive. God, uh... One last... Fa just... One, I'm down to one girlfriend. <laughs> Only one now, but uh, they they decide Char's the man for the job who has to do this. 
to, to like fully unmask the Titans for what they are. Because the Titans pretty much probably control all the media as well, at least in terms of like how they present themselves. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, we see Beltachka again. Yeah, yeah, she's back, and I, 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 I like her. I like her this episode. I think this is yeah. The best this is this is a good belt. This is a good Beltachka episode with with help from Louis from Louis and company. Their finance, the financiers of Caraba Earthside, um, posing as a journalist. Um, Beltachka manages to get into the. Well, she tries. She gets stopped by two like shitty Federation guards that try to like grope her. Mm-hmm. But then a Titan shows up and beats the shit out of them. Yeah, like very much a Titan, much not not unlike you know not unlike Emma when we first meet her. Like very very like like a a, a decent person, but extremely like extremely like bought bought in and believes all the propaganda and just like yeah, uh, his name is Ajis Ajiba. Okay, cool. Yeah, great name. And uh, he has the same he has the same voice actor as Judah from uh, from part from Double Zeta. Oh, neat. So he gets to he he gets to voice the main character of the next one. Good for him. Imagine having imagine imagine like fucking imagine that fucking glow up. Just like oh, remember you had this bit part of like a not as as shitty as you could have been Titan. Like now you're the protagonist. I mean that was a glow up for the. I mean Jared's voice actor voiced uh, Hatari and Ideon. Oh, cool. Who was kind of just like the the guy best yelled at. <laughs> Oh man, um, but no, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I was really, I was really worried that this was just gonna be some like isolated moment of just like, see, there's like, there's like good, pe- like of of like, you know, there's there, there's good people in the Titans, and that doesn't excuse them, but it just like humanizes them in a way that like it's yeah, that's realistic, sure, but it's like I fucking hate to see. Well, that's it. the entire point of Gun. That's the entire point of 0079 was to humanize both sides. Yeah, um, because in the end, in the end, regardless of political ideology, people are dying. Uh, y- yeah, um, yeah, and, and at the very least, at the very least, I've always enjoyed Gundam for, for, for making it a point to humanize, humanize, you know, uh, humanize the, the people on the ground, like, doing all of the fucking dying and the killing, humanize them on both sides, and, like, dehumanizing both sides of people in power. And like, well, if they, like, if, for example, like they they humanize like Ron Baral and like Dazzle Zabi, got really humanized. Garma even did, because mm-hmm. it was just in the end of the day, P- the everyone here is a person. Yeah. Um. And, but the thing about that, I the reason I, I excuse that for Ajis is because it's like he's he he if if he didn't die because of like Jared being a dickhead, he probably would have just joined the Ayuk. Probably. Or- but uh. Amuro drops Jared. I mean, uh, not Jared. Amuro drops. Uh, Amuro drops Jared off of a cliff. Everybody gets a turn. Uh, Amuro drops uh, Char off in Beltachka's jeep. Uh, just kind of drops him overhead because I guess she had to get through a checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just opens up, kicks open the door to like the Federation Senate, and starts. And he's just like, "Stop! Don't stop the broadcast! I'm." Like I, I am Lieutenant Quattro Bagina of the Anti Earth Union Group, and I am. Also Char Asnable, and I am also Kasfal Rem Daikun. And everyone's like, whoa. And he starts giving this, like, impassioned speech about souls being weighed down by gravity and the evils of the Titans and Earth cr- Earth collapsing under the sheer weight of humanity. And, and Beltashka's just like, film it. Film this, film the battle, film everything. 
film the pussies that are leaving. Mm-hmm. And like people are like Federate like Char's convincing people. Even Sayla somewhere is watching it on like a portable TV in her fucking pocket. <laughs> Probably and just I'm sitting glad- I, I I very much imagined her just sitting there just thinking like fucking like what the fuck is he up to this time? Just like geez, like of course. Just like just like just like not even surprised. Just like, yeah, I was like she was just like waiting for this. And Jared is listening to the fucking speech, and he's just like, he's just getting pissed off. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, fuck, just fuck the AU. They don't know what they're talking about. I mean, we'll shut them up. We'll fucking show them to, like, what it's like to stand up to the Titans. Uh, yeah. And then just, like, like, they, they have to stop him. Like, like eventually, like, after the whole big battle, where Camille, um... Camille very much just tries to just, like, hold them off. Like, he doesn't want to kill anybody in this moment, because he's just, like, he even saves... He helps, he saves Aji's life, Aji's life, yeah. He saves Aji, he's like, why'd you save me? He's, he's like, I, it's like I, I don't actually care about killing you, and, like, you were, gonna, you were gonna crash into the fucking city, and I don't actually care about killing you, I just want the speech to keep going on. And then he's like, what speech? And he's like, listen to the goddamn speech. Like, fucking... I don't know. It's 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 one of those rare it's it's a nice moment because like I, I I'm just so jaded to the point of just like of like trying to reason with people and it's like I, I, I feel like I feel like the the Titans are so mask off this late in the game, it's like if you're paying any kind of attention, it's like fuck man. But I don't know. And I think what really cinches it is that the Titans don't give a shit, and they just start attacking the communications facilities that could just hurt all these fucking important politicians and all these fucking, like, innocent people. Mm-hmm. And Beltashka just goes outside with her camera like, look at this shit, Titans don't give a shit, though, and that we're here, they don't give a shit about anybody in the- they didn't even give a shit about their own government, like, look at that, what proof do you need? This is- this is live. And- and then, like, uh, uh, Aji- Aji, like, fucking commits treason- uh, and Jared's only excuse, like he—he's like, like, like this, like this is wrong. Like what we're doing is fucked up. And then Jared's only excuse to all of all of the, all of that accusation is just like, like no, we're we're more powerful. Like we're more powerful than them, and that's how we'll prove that we're right. Like literally, I, right I seriously, right. I, I seriously would like a super robot wars game where you can just get Achis. <laughs> that'd be that'd be dope. Give him a Nemo. Um. And and then they the, the the rest of the the rest of the Titans finally have to come in and stop Jared. It's like dog, like nah, they're filming this. We gotta go. We this looks bad. We gotta go. This is this is a very bad look. And he's very like, he doesn't care. He's very much just like well, he's almost like he's come all the way back around where it's just like well, if this is who we are, then like what the fuck do we care? Like what are they gonna do about it? Fuck them. <laughs> but they and, they, I, they do leave. Yeah. Because he, he, Jared kills Aji's, and, uh, the, Jared's own fire is what, like, uh, like, pretty much blows a hole in the fucking assembly building. Yeah. And at that point, everything's over, but, like, Jared made this worse by himself. As you said, they all, they all kind of fuck off and leave, and the AUG celebrate, because this is probably the biggest victory they've had yet. Where, like, it cuts to a bar and everyone's kind of, like, muttering. You see Kai in the bar. (laughs) 
yeah it's like it's you know it's it's getting people to talk it's getting people to pay attention yeah because i mean people none of how little of of this war has been on earth who that no one on earth is really suffering it's it's all been people on the moon and space and like in the colonists like it's not like well, the one year war where it's like Zeon's or Zeon's literally dropping Zaku's on your house. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier for people to ignore, which is but like I like when they're all celebrating and everyone's congratulating Char and he just kind of leaves. Cuz Char just hates the spotlight that much. Yeah. But Amaro kind of joins him and they have a nice little talk as like people. They, they kind of, like, joke about Char's entire family being human sacrifices. Because Char's like, I did this, but at the cost of my own individuality and my freedom, I have to be this now. I can't just disappear into history anymore. Like, I, I have to be Char Asnable forever now. Yeah, and then arguably, yeah. arguably he has, like, he has unwillingly had his identities, like, uh, consolidated. Like he he now has, he now has a public persona that he has no control of. Like he had control over who people thought Char Asimov was. He had control over who people thought Quattro Pagina was. Now, he is he is out there as all three of them. As like I am I am the son of I am the son of Zeon Daikun. I am Char Asimov the Red Comet. I am Quattro Pagina, leader of the Ayug. Um. The only thing he didn't say was like, oh yeah, and one time I shot Cassilia Zabi's head off with a bazooka, it was sick as shit. <laughs> I did a kickflip right afterwards. <laughs> you, know that's, you know the ending of Bionic Commando where you blow up Hitler's head? Based on what I did. Oh my god. Um, but no, yeah, like I'm, so I am, I am extremely invested in, in, in Char going forward because his whole identity crisis has been such a thing and, and, and in a lot of ways, like, that has been, that has been not ended but i guess like it's it's changed now and he has to deal with it because it's out of his control like for for however much it probably wasn't the healthiest thing to just keep doubling down on persona like that's that that's what he knew that that's what he was comfortable doing you know for better or mostly worse but now he's forced to be someone to be a real person um, He's forced to be a person, and also forced to be in the spotlight. Forced to be center stage. Because to be like, I mean, that's the thing, right? To, to be a real person, it's like, who are we? Who are we if not? Uh, who are we if not a conglomeration of how of of how we affect other people around us, and therefore how we are perceived? Um, you know, obviously, there's also obviously the other half is also how we see ourselves and how we act in context to ourselves. But that's all Char has cared about, and now, like, now people, like, like, not, not, not since Texas Colony, not since Texas Colony did he fucking, did, did anybody even, like, did he even, like, pretend to, like, be known by other people? Like, as soon as he got on that plane as Char Aznable, it started, and it, it didn't stop until he gave that speech. Yeah, that, this is, this is... This is such a monument, and people, when people say that Char acts out of character in in Char's counterattack, I could not disagree more. I honestly think 
the the char and char's counterattack like he's firmly stepping towards being that man oh yeah no i i saw it here like that like this is you know from what little i have seen like the little snippets and images i've seen of char's counterattack i'm like yeah this is where he learns to be that 100 percent. it makes perfect sense and our char's counterattack episode is going to be going to be baller. people like and like like it's 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 the writing on the wall all throughout Zeta. In our first episode of fucking Zeta Gundam, people were telling people were telling him Hayato told him, like, "Hey, you need to step up and be a leader. Everyone wants you to be a leader. Like, how can you fucking, how can you look at Char's counterattack and think this is out of character or that this isn't where he was heading?" Because it's like I I. I don't want to say too much about the coming episodes because right. I, the 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 final act of Zeta is a wallop. It, a lot happens, and I am excited to get into it as soon as we can. Hell yeah, same. And I uh, I want to watch the last five episodes. So we watch the first five together. Fuck yeah! I will try to make that happen. It, it, even like worst case scenario, the final two. But like, I the. Oh man, you we have we have a lot ahead of us in terms of, of Zeta, and so so what are you thinking of of, of the lateral improvement the show makes? The it, it's it gets more like compare this to how it was in episode like five. Fuck, I mean, like I I, I think it's had I I think it's ha- I think it's been really good paced. It's had a really steady buildup of everything, and and like things are coming together, things are evolving, things are things are things are happening. Like like things are always happening in Zeta Gundam. Like it's it's always fucking moving moving towards something greater, twirling and whirling closer towards freedom. Fucking, um, it's it's good. It's a good show. Still. Do you think it's it's a better show than Edeon? I mean, it's a different show, but I I mean in terms of like, yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 no, 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 that's an easy decision. Like, like I I think just on so many levels, it obviously is, and I and I, and I even think like I even think necessarily there's a lot of stuff about Zeta Gundam that Edeon also tries to touch on, um, and I think Edeon is a lot more raw. And like in your face and unsubtle and blunt with it, which I love it for. Uh, but obviously, more people responded to Zeta Gundam, so I don't know how you gauge success. Uh, but you know that's one way to do it. Because I think, um, God, I think doesn't Camille or somebody say some kind of line of just like fucking like, like maybe someday we'll see, maybe someday we'll we'll also see everyone who died or something like that. Some kind of a little bit. I mean, you're the you're gonna you're gonna get some Edeon vibes from like the from the from the latter episodes. Yeah, because I, I I know what Tomino's smoke. Tomino is is still Tomino, of course. And I, part of me thinks that Edeon kind of was like a testing ground for some of the concepts he wanted to, to that he wanted to apply to Gundam. But I think he was a lot more like heavy, not heavy handed. Is like that sounds like a, in, like I'm demeaning it, but he. He was way more overt with it in in Edeon, where he was just painting with very broad strokes. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think there's a lot more ingredients in the soup that is Ida that is Zeta Gundam. Can't wait. And lots more Homan. Oh, always great, always good. Um, Homan essentially becomes a main character in the final ten episodes. Good, I'm glad. I'm so ready for that. 
uh, and I'll be sad. I'll be sad when it's gone. Um, you can learn to main Haman in, in uh, Extreme Versus. I will do that. Um, maybe someday. Whew. So that's uh, join us whenever the next one comes out. Hopefully, uh, two weeks from now with the finale of Zeta Gundam. Mm-hmm. Zeta Gundam Part Four: Riders in the Skies. <laughs> Um, that's that's the name of the last episode. Yes, we do. Uh, before we sign off, uh, have an email. Oh shit! Yeah, we got an email. Um, uh, this this person signs the email. I mean, their name is in the email header, but they sign themselves a fan. So I'll just respect that moniker and just say that they're a fan. But uh, sorry to bother you, but I just wanted to ask a couple of silly questions of you both. Uh, as always, you can you can uh, at you, you can uh, send us mess you can send us any kind of messages, or questions, or comments, or whatever at uh, metrospective at gmail dot com. Um, uh, so let me read this uh, first. Do you have uh, do you have a favorite uh, fan made uh, mecha related song? Uh, I love Richie Branson's work. I am unfamiliar with Richie Branson. I have just looked into him. Uh, he just seems to be a uh, like a popular online uh, music. It says it says music and game designer. Seems to do a little bit of everything. Um, made a content creator, if you will. Yes, uh, a hip hop artist, uh, a nerdcore hip hop artist from San Antonio. Uh, that's cool. That's where I'm currently living. That's where my wife's from. Um, made uh, did did a lot of did some did some work for Rooster Teeth. Uh, he is known as the as he is known as the Otaku King. And I'm seeing on his YouTube channel he has a music video called Hentai Lamborghini. Uh, so that's that's good. That that seems in that seems that seems uh, in the aesthetic that he's going for. Uh, unfamiliar with his work though, but thank you for the thank you for shouting him out to us. Um, secondly, have you heard of Robot Girl Z, and do you have any thoughts about the show? Uh, <laughs> do we? Do, do we, we know ever? I we spe- that what that was a fucking marijuana soaked fucking night of binge watching Robot Girl Z. Like what? Like fucking? I was looking at my mom still. I was like, what? Five years yeah, ago? Yeah, we were just in your basement just all night watching that. Six shit. years ago. Um, I, I never really was interested in Mecca until I watched that show years ago. It made me want to see what the actual Grand Mazinger looked like. Oh yeah, thank you. Another great, another uh, fucking. Great Mazinger stand. Great Mazinger stand. Then I stumbled on your podcast, and I've learned a lot. In hindsight, it's a very odd way to get interested in Mecca. Listen, there's no normal way to get into Mecca. (laughs) I was going to say there's no bad way. There's also no, there's no typical way. Um, the, the 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 most typical way is I give you a printed out list of where to find Gundam stuff and what order to watch it in. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks for all the effort you put into the show. Sorry again for the lame questions. Respectfully yours, a fan. Not lame at all. Thank you so much for the questions. I very much appreciate the emails. Thank you so much. And so that's that's a lot of validation to know that anybody listens to these. Yeah. Nah. For sure. For sure. Cause like uh. Yeah, we we liked Robot Girl Z a lot. I thought that was that was pretty funny. Oh uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. it's um. Did they make a second season? They did do a second season. Yeah. Oh shit! We should we should watch that at some point. We should watch that. I'm yeah. We should do that. We we should do that. We I want to do that for the show at some point. Um, yeah, we'll definitely do Robot Girl Z. We have because like I I, I liked uh, I like Getterchan. Hell yeah, Getterchan. 
with with uh, Musashi and Hayato and Ryoma as her fucking butlers. It's real good. Yeah, I I just love I I love deep cut mecha shit and this and this 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 anime and apparently it goes even harder in the second season of just like just digging up every old Gona guy mecha that no one cares about. Oh, yeah, look, it's God Sigma. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Where's Godmar's Chan? Godmar's Chan, man. I say Chan even though I know it's Chan, just because I, I think it's it sounds funnier. <laughs> it, it sounds funnier to me. Uh, but for now, until eternity, we will feel we will see the tears of time. I cry at bright. I I I, I cry at bright. That oh my god, did I cry at bright? <laughs> That guy, like that was that got me out of nowhere. It got me out of nowhere. Yeah, that just sneaks the fuck up on you. But uh, we'll be back, hopefully in two weeks. Uh, Hoshi Zora, no believe it. 